Warning. You must be angry. But mind you, you must not be bitter. Bitterness is like cancer. It eats upon the host. It doesn't do anything to the object of its displeasure. So use that anger. Yes. That's a quote from Maya Angelou. Now go to Wrongtown Anger Management. All right, Wrong Boys, it's so great to have you here with us at Wrongtown Anger Management. Yeah, uh, thanks for having Hi, us. That's, thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Aaron. We're the Wrong Boys. And yeah, we're here to learn about anger or yeah, whatever. Manage it. Yeah, manage it. Yeah. Now, a lot of the time in anger management, we're dealing with people who have too much anger. They have issues uh, finding appropriate uses and proportions to their anger. But I understand with you two, you've been having the opposite problem and you haven't been expressing your anger at all. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, anger is just, I think it's just sort of an inherently negative emotion, you know? Like, I prefer to be happy, have a smile on my face and cheer people up. And, there's really no reason to be angry about anything when, you know, you can just focus on what positive things you can do about it. Boys, what you're describing is repressing anger. Everyone experiences anger. It's normal. It's a, it's a human emotion. Oh, no, I don't repress. I just mind trick myself out of ever feeling it. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's not like I feel it and repress it. It just doesn't come It's just out. I understand. I've got kind of a bigger perspective. Yes. Yeah. Like floating above it all. So it's like it's like I'm not angry because I understand X, Y, Z. You know, this person's late for work or they mean well or how could you be mad at them? Yes, exactly. That That's right. It's important to give space to all of your emotions. There must be something that upsets you, too. I mean... What about climate change? The oil and gas industry, they act with impunity, polluting the planet, destroying the future, uh, destroying the future for children. Sean, you, you have a child, right? Doesn't it upset you to know that the political class is always putting the oil and gas industry above regular people, above even, even your children? It's just deep down, if you think about it, even like think about... We have these characters, Bysworth and Spensworth, and, you know, they're like evil billionaires, basically. But, yeah. you know, you always see in the sketches, there's like, soft. there's a little hard, soft heart of gold in there. They yeah. were babies once, you so know. It's, soft underbelly, you know, it's, and it's, they're, they're doing what just, they think is right. So there's nothing to be angry about. Everyone is just working towards their own utopia. And what they're doing is wrong, definitely, but... Anger, I don't know, anger. And we play it for laughs, we play it for joy. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, doesn't the thought of the world being uninhabitable for future generations, doesn't that bother you for profit? They're, they're profiting off of destroying the planet? I, I don't know. Is that I mean, I mean, it's a little bit annoying, but <laughs> yeah, I see being a little a bit peeved, a little maybe. frustrated by that. Sure, but what benefit does it have to be? Yeah, why well, get angry when you can just 
think of, okay, so they're destroying the planet. Well, let's have hope. What if we didn't destroy the planet? Imagine oh, yeah. not Imagining destroying not the planet destroying instead. The planet is way so when something than... bad happens, say you're stabbed, imagine not being stabbed and you'll cheer right up. Yeah, or I like to think, oh, what if the doctors save me? That'll be great. Boys, this isn't good. We need to work together on finding that anger and expressing it to a healthy degree. Look, I'm maybe gritting my teeth and clenching my fists into a ball and uh, my face may be turning red, but I just wouldn't say I'm angry about it. I'm I'm just just tapping my foot and clenching my fists because I've got a catchy song stuck in my head. Right, yeah, me too. uh, I have a bead. A happy song. I have a bead in my hand I don't want to drop in each hand. Uh, which I can't show you. Yeah, so it's definitely not like Arthur meme clench fist. It's not like secret angry. angry. It's not. <laughs> no. Okay, we're going to do some yelling together. So I'll go first. I'm going to yell, and then I, w- I would like you boys to yell. And just, just let it out. Let yourself feel that anger for a second. So I'll go first. Ah! <sighs> Feels a lot better. Doesn't fix the problem, obviously, but just getting that out. Uh, I don't know if I can. I guess I can get, try. Get angry. Um, get, really feel that anger, please. <coughs> okay. I, all right. I'll, I'll uh, humor you. Uh, no, sorry. Um, ah, no, fuck. <laughs> I can't <laughs> even do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I just don't feel, I frankly just don't feel angry. Okay. On, Oil and please. gas industry, hurting babies, hurting Sean's baby. Uh, okay. Bastards! Oh, wow. What was that feeling? It was a... Did you feel a little surge of decisiveness? Yeah. Was that what that was? I think we have to make these motherfuckers pay. Yeah. Yeah. These fucking pieces of shit? Yeah, they're... Yeah, they're, fuck. Holy shit. They're killing people. They're, they're killing people for themselves. For profit. For, to make money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah I, I hate see. them. Fuck. These people have names and addresses. We should go to their names and addresses. Oh, yeah. We could physically attack them. Yeah. We could pick up rocks like monkeys and just hit them with the rocks until they stop moving. And make them feel as bad as we feel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's okay. nice. Boys, uh, let's just... No, you were right about the... this. Let's unleash the anger. Yeah, Let's no, see no, it. this <laughs> this is something. You were onto something here. These fucking. You no, know, there's a healthy use of anger. There's an unhealthy use of anger, and it, 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 you can go it's too much in either direction. It's not just the oil and gas industry people. Let me tell no. you about people in movie theaters. No, no, no. Because... Yeah, and Jeff Bezos, people who walk too slow, people who crowd up to the counter and it's not their turn. Oh, yeah, those motherfuckers too. Oh my uh, god, I just want to. Uh, you know, I just want to. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, this therapy's been great. We're, oh, we're out of here. We're, we're going to go get into some fights. No, uh, no, let's finish the session and let's talk about the limits. Thanks, of we're cured now. Bye. Bye. We're angry and we're going to go physically fight someone. Oh, all right. Well, one step at a time, I guess. Will the wrong boys learn to manage their anger successfully? Will they find healthy ways to express it? Or will their years of bottled up rage cause them to act out in extreme and damaging ways? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome back to the Seriously Wrong podcast. It's the only podcast that's very angry. (laughs) Yes. 
if you had a word cloud of things associated with this show, it just people would be like angry. It's an angry cast. Those boys are just always angry. You know, I like the show, but they're just such angry fellas. <laughs> Yeah, just kidding. Obviously, for anyone who's heard the show before, we don't like we, it's not that we never get angry. It's that we're usually focusing on the positive. We're usually trying to focus on politics of hope. Hope is an alternative to despair, you know, rather than like anger or aggression is an alternative to despair. But actually, I think in a lot of circumstances, it's easier to find aggression. It's easier to find anger than it is to find hope when things are going bad and yeah and i think anger and hope a lot of the time are actually like intertwined things like if you're angry about something angry enough that you want to do something about it and you think you can do something about it that's like a type of hope yeah yeah and, and anger anger is often you know, non sort of non maladaptive anger. So anger has a bad reputation. It's got an association with people like being too aggressive to each other or being moved to violence and stuff like that. But your regular, the vast majority of anger is actually not that sort of extreme anger. It's people being moved to set boundaries to push against injustice a lot of the time like even petty little senses of injustice double standards like the reason that people get angry at each other most of the time is because there's some injustice some dissonance with their values and reality that makes them want to push back it's a way of protecting yourself and it's a very motivating force yeah no i think of anger a lot of the time as the feeling that you feel when someone does something you don't like and when people do something you don't like you just it's you get like you can also call it annoyance or frustration i think annoyance and frustration are like nice words for mild anger but it's kind of on the same spectrum it's sort of the same feeling but just like less and it's I don't know. I think people have this idea of like being angry at someone as this thing that like it's like it's like a big threshold you have to meet. But I think anger can be large or small. Uh, you can be angry about something really petty or you could be angry about things that like really, really matter. Like I'm angry that we don't ever do anything about homelessness, even though we know how to do it as a society. And there's solutions that exist that have been proven to work for homelessness and we don't implement it because of the vast interlocking networks of politics that prevent actually useful things from happening. Yeah. Like we should fact check this stat, but when you find out that for every hundred dollars that average rents go up in your city, homelessness goes up by 8%. Editing Aaron here. I just uh, did a quick check on this and there's actually a 2020 report by the U S government accountability office that found that every $100 increase in median rent is associated with a 9% increase in the estimated homelessness rate. So, uh, yeah, it's actually 9%, not eight. The same is true in all the cities across the United States, all the cities across Canada. This is something we've known for a while. We've known things that can be done to help people get off the streets and prevent this epidemic of homelessness from increasing, knowing that more than half of people who are homeless have suffered from traumatic brain injuries at some point in their life. They're not people who are lazy. They're not people who are morally wrong. They're people who are, have literally been harmed by our system and society who deserve so much better and struggle and often die on the streets because of the inaction of politicians. Politicians who often will do lip service to the idea of helping with homelessness. It's not a maladaptive anger to be drawn to a real genuine rage about that. Even saying this, I'm feeling this strange mixture of sadness and rage. Yeah, I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> it makes me angry. 
And in politics, it's really important to cultivate that healthy sense of anger because anger can help you have a directionality. It can help you feel motivated to take action and it can make you confident enough to make decisions uh, because anger has a way of shutting down a lot of other things in your brain, which is also why it's dangerous. So it's dangerous in the context of like an interpersonal fight. You get so angry, you stop, you know, seeing your partner with loving eyes and you say some snide shitty stuff or, you know, God forbid, you know, threaten them or intimidate them. And like, that's the worst bad side of anger. Yeah. Act out aggressively to your partner rather. Yeah. Like, but, but when it comes to politics and when it comes to our senses of injustice and virtue in the world, that anger helps shut down the parts of your brain that say, am I the person who can do this? Am I the person who is in charge of homelessness? Am I the person who knows enough about homelessness to you know, talk about homelessness publicly and stuff like that? All those sort of anxieties, those interpersonal, all those sort of layers of uncertainty, the imposter syndrome of it just can be flushed out of your system long enough to act if you get angry about it. And that's why a good sense of anger, a healthy sense of anger, a balanced sense of anger that's tied to positive action based on an understanding of your values and and a hope that a better future is possible all tied together. I'm really just increasingly convinced that anger is massively underrated and that anger is an important part of political practice to cultivate. Yeah, I think I think it's healthy. It's like we have emotions for a reason. All of our emotions that we have, we have for a reason. And there's like maladaptive ways to express or like act out or like like you were saying anger gets a bad rap and it's partially because of how effective and a motivator to action it can be and how it can sometimes be acted out in really aggressive ways that can hurt people. But even in an interpersonal relationship, if someone's constantly making you angry, that's a signal to you that like they're doing something you don't like. And maybe you don't like it for some reason that's your fault and you need to figure out what's going on in you that you like have this expectation of them that isn't reasonable. But a lot of the time it's like you need to set a boundary and tell them, I don't like it when you do this thing. I need to protect myself here. Uh, so anger is really important and like it yeah it gets a bad rap because like it's bad to frequently act out your anger become enraged in ways where you harm other people but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater there and i think a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with other people being angry because of that and that makes sense but i think also a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with their own anger because of that because they don't want to hurt other people I, I think there's a lot of different things that could be going on there. But I think a lot of people, especially when they're younger, when children get really angry, sometimes parents, they're just obviously uncomfortable with it and they want it to stop. And like you can't feel anger without feeling like you're hurting someone else by being angry. That like the very fact that your anger exists is a problem and not like some particular expression of it that's too aggressive or whatever. Yeah. People don't trust kids often on a really fundamental level about their own inner life and experience and stuff. And I would assume the general trajectory is getting better on this. But I mean, I, I think especially like when I was a kid, it was really kind of a normal idea that anger itself was misbehaving and that like there is no such thing as a valid reason for a child to be angry at their parents. It's always misbehavior. Right. 
Yeah, that thing of like, there's no such thing as a valid reason to be angry. That's like a thing I think a lot of people, maybe they, some people explicitly believe it if they're like super toxically positive, like, oh, you should never get angry. Anger is toxic, man, or something like that. But I think a lot of people also have that as a like internalized belief that they don't explicitly have, but they sort of emotionally have. But yeah, it's like, I think there's another thing too with like deserving anger and if you do this thing, and it's the thing that we've done a lot on the show sometimes of like, especially in the earlier episodes, talking about things like universal positive regard, or everybody means well, but they're just, you know, doing the wrong thing, or they're like pointed in the wrong direction, or like, you can kind of trick yourself out of ever feeling angry about anything, because oh, shucks, you know, everybody's trying their best. And like, who am I to get angry at that? I've made mistakes too. And like, you just, you feel guilty for feeling angry at someone who like, they're a human being and their complexity. I can't just get angry, yeah, but like all noble, this... I think noble uh, inclinations, but not uh, non-exhaustive. Yeah. Like you can, if you're having problems where you get too angry all the time and you get aggressive with people, it's probably good to do a little CBT of like, you know, they're not, this isn't all about me and like try to dismantle your own anger a little bit. But I think people who are like habitually not in touch with their own anger, uh, use that to just like suppress it. And then, yeah, it'll end up coming out in other ways or you'll, uh, yeah. And passive aggression is a type of anger. Like passive aggression is a type of maladaptive way of acting out your anger, you know, making little comments or just doing little things, sighing loudly. Like that can be really, really aggressive on an interpersonal level. Um, and people can, you can kind of lie to yourself. And I know this from experience, like I'm in the driver's seat here. Like people can, be telling themselves that they're like above or beyond their own emotions and that they're, you know, just sort of doing what they're doing and passive aggression isn't aggression. And then they act out in ways that are generating more aggression, generating more strife. Like passive aggression, I think as a strategy for dealing with anger and conflict generally just doesn't work very well. And it is like anger's on a spectrum and aggression's on a spectrum. And a muted type of aggression that's coming out through little comments or, you know, loudly putting your books down or whatever, like (laughs) that is aggression too. And it's also like, just because it's softer than raising your voice doesn't mean that it's, you know, better or more peaceful or something like that. And in fact, sometimes the peaceful thing to do is to have a real conflict and like air things out and, you know, try to come from the best place that you can. Yeah, being able to express anger and like, you know, a lot of the time it's really hard to just say like, that thing you're doing makes me angry. Uh, But that's like, you know. It sounds severe. Angry sounds severe versus (laughs) like annoyed or whatever. Yeah, you can even, if you want to soften it a little, like, I get pretty frustrated sometimes when you do that. It's like, oh, but like. That's like maybe like the best quote unquote way a therapy speak way, but like even just being like, can you stop doing that? Like, be it like put a little like oomph into it because like <laughs> I think there's a spectrum between expressing anger with use your words, which is probably the best, and like acting out anger. But like I think you'll feel better if you just let yourself a little bit like act it out sometimes too. It's like because if you say like, can you stop doing that? Like clearly annoyed in your voice. That's like sometimes a way more honest expression than like. 
Oh, could can, could you please just? It's really I I wouldn't I would love it if you could stop doing that, please. And uh, yeah, a weird <laughs> thing about that too that I've been increasingly coming to terms with is that people fucking hate that, and they actually respect people being a little like, uh, you know, like that. They actually when people stand up for themselves. People respect that on a different level than the oh maybe this blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know but, and also like then you at least you know where you stand because if they do the little middling thing you're like are they really angry at me or that like you kind of like you know they are you think they are but yeah it's like it's more I I know what's going on I know where we stand so a friend of mine recently had a rough breakup and I've been talking to him on the phone fairly frequently about it as he works through his emotions and stuff like that and there was kind of a moment where I was like he's getting better. Because he was really sad. He was really harmed by it. It was an unexpected breakup and it like world shattering kind of thought they were on one path in life. And then it was like very suddenly and unexpectedly another path made him doubt his whole reality and stuff and like rough stuff. But there was this moment where I knew that he was getting better. And it's when he told me to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I would be pushing him back and he'd be like this and this. I'm like, well, I don't know, but maybe sometimes yes. And like just trying to help him work through his stuff in a healthy way and not feed the the little monster that wants to be like, oh, she's a demon, man. She's a demon what she did to me. <laughs> right. Um, and then one time I was like, it just sounds a little like you sound a little passive there. Like it sounds a little like you're just not standing up for yourself in that context. Like I think they'd probably respect you more if you stood up in that. And he's like, shut the fuck up, Sean. And I was like, oh my God. That's right. That's my how you boys growing it. up. Yeah. Stand up for yourself. That's nice. Um, yeah. But it is true. Like it, it is really true that standing up for yourself in a, a way that is, is rooted in that emotional experience. And there's obvious, you can go too far with it, obviously, but I think generally, you know, nice, well-meaning, soft-hearted people like us will tend to be in the opposite direction. People actually respect when you're like, hey, get the fuck out of my bubble, guy. Like, get out of here. Like, Yeah, totally. It's um, Everything in moderation in its right place is a total, you know, emotional circle, you know. It's not... Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's always a weird balance between, like you said, you didn't want to feed into his thing of like, oh, she's a demon or whatever. But also, like, you don't want to give the impression like oh she's an angel and you did everything wrong and like it's all like there's a about you can you don't want to demonize people you don't want to remove their humanity but like you're allowed to get mad at people even if they're not demons even if they meant well you're allowed to be pissed off at someone even if they didn't do anything wrong if you really think about it and they didn't do anything wrong if you're angry you're still angry then it's like that's your feeling like you feel angry Feelings don't always have to withstand the deepest of logical scrutiny for them to exist. And if they exist, then they exist. They don't just go away because, you know, they, they meant well. And like, oh, it's, mm, can I really be mad about this? I've let them do it so many other times and never told them I don't like it. So really, I can't expect them not to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in a lot of cases, like there are cases like that and. You know, there's like a, you could have a, a sort of an anger disorder where everything's making you angry all the time and like every, the smallest yeah. things are making you angry and people who, you know, it's not just like if you really think about it, they're innocent. It's like they're just innocent. Like you shouldn't be mad at them because they dress weird or they don't oh, like their haircut yeah, yeah, yeah. or they talk funny or something uh, like I hate these trans people existing in public. It makes me so angry. Yeah, it's like that's a, va- a non-valid and like maladaptive reason to be angry, just to be mad at people. Especially, I mean, 
And that's something that makes me angry. Like if we're talking about some serious real reasons to get angry uh, and the benefits of anger, it's like carrying a real anger in the fact that we have people, we have neighbors, unfortunately, in our society who have their sights on harming and ostracizing other members of our community for no reason other than them wanting to express themselves and live their lives as they want. That's a good reason to be angry. And I can even feel, I'd say I'm at like 15% anger mode now. And the longer I talked about this, I could get up to the point where I'm really barking about how, how wrong this is and like how much, and, and, and it's, it's, it's good to be angry about that because it's going to make you decisive and taking action to help people and help fix the problem, help address the injustice that's being spoken about. It's not good to be angry because you think someone dresses weird or talks funny or whatever, you know, like, yeah, if you have those angers, it's good to be like, oh, that makes me angry. Let me like analyze like what's going on for me. Like, I, you know, like figure out the chain in yourself that's happening. Like maybe not the completely logical chain of like how that connects to this is a bad thing, but like, why don't you like that? And like, you know, you still have to like figure out what's going on. It doesn't like disappear just because you recognize that it's not a good reason to be angry. But the uh, recognizing that it's not a good reason to be angry is like the most important step because most of these people think that it is a good reason to be angry. And then when they have no good answer to the question of why, they like make up a whole bunch of bullshit. And then you have like every argument as to why we should continue having wars or why we should continue oppressing trans people or why we should not do anything to help with homelessness or like all those like rationalizations get born out of that attempt to justify those feelings. Yeah. We had been talking about anger recently a little bit. And then there was a petrochemical incident at a local refinery in Burnaby, which blasted some mysterious smoke across the city that was making people sick and making people nauseous, making their eyes water and stuff like that. That smelled like burning tires. It came from a petrochemical plant that had some sort of undefined incident. And one night after the little kid was in bed and I got to go on my computer for a few sweet hours of being by my lonesome and reading about things. Dad time. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading the article and I was like, what happened? Like, are the details out yet? And there were still no details out. And I started feeling like angry of like, I could have brought my kid outside into this. And like other people did bring their kids outside into this. And there's senior citizens who are walking to and from the store, people who they don't have air filtration systems. And like, this is a petrochemical fucking incident. This is, this is some sort of unspecified incident that blasted some sort of undisclosed chemicals across my city. And people breathe this in. And making petrochemicals is not a cozy process where sunshine and rainbows are a byproduct. It's things like volatile organic compounds like benzene, which is cancer causing. So I start getting like really mad about this, like alone at my desk of like, this is, this is fucked up. And like, no politicians are talking about it. All the articles are replaying this downplaying language that's used by the firm and the fire department of like small incident dealt with quickly and stuff. And it's like, I got to I got to do something. So I literally like, instead of doing stuff that I'd planned, like my work, I set up a letter writing campaign using this tool, new mode. Uh, which is now free for activists. And I, I made like the petition language and the letter and I set it up at night before bed. And I was like talking to some friends about it. 
And I was like, I just felt like I had to do something. And then afterwards I was like, oh, why did I do this? I just wasted my whole night on this. And I posted it and then it ended up going on the front page of Vancouver's Reddit. And then I ended up talking to multiple news organizations who reached out to us based on the petition. And it's become a big thing. And I don't like maybe there's an alternate universe where I didn't do this letter and a lot of this stuff happens anyways. But I was like, holy shit, what a like I almost feel like I'm not a religious person, but I felt like it was almost like a sign about the power of anger, just underlining this discussion we're having. I delayed things that I I delayed the gratification of dicking around playing video games or I delayed the work that I planned to do that I was looking forward to doing and I did later. Because I was really just moved to anger thinking about not just my own kid, but other people's kids and like the community. And also I had a sense of hope that no one would want their name tied to this. Politicians don't want their name tied to this. Like this is bad. And they're not telling us what happened. And if if it was if if it wasn't a big deal, they would just tell us what happened. So why are they not telling us? So that was the whole thing that we put forward and it ended up one thing to another, and then 350 Canada's making their own version, using some of our language. They reached out to us, and we were like, yeah, don't send more letters. Perfect. So now we've sent over 2,000 letters, and the refinement plant is being shut down for a month for repairs. And I just don't know if that all doesn't, like, I don't want to be self-aggrandizing, but I genuinely don't know if that all happens without me at 1030 at night, kids sleeping in bed, being like, oh, fuck this, man. This is fucked up. Like, I got to do something. And like, I have the tools and I have hope that this can change. And I think that the government will actually respond to this type of thing. And it was like anger. Anger was the defining emotion of this process. And I just feel like I got this like crazy lesson from the universe, which is like, I haven't been using anger enough. Like, I haven't been using the good side of anger enough because I mean, I've signed a million letter writing campaigns over the years. <laughs> I've never had a, a refinery shut down within 48 hours. And again, like, I don't know that it's the letters necessarily, but I think it probably was. Like, we sent over 2,000 letters to, like, you know, a, a handful of politicians in a certain area of the province, like 12 politicians. 2,000 letters divided by 12. That's a lot of fucking letters for each person. Right. And I was trying to make sense of it. I was like, why did I do this instead of other stuff? Like, do I need to get an ADHD diagnosis? <laughs> like, thinking about the stuff that I wanted to do and, like, I get why people turn to mystical explanations for things and stuff because it's, like, the easiest, smallest way for me to compartmentalize this. is like, Sean needed to get a lesson about anger. He hasn't been using anger. And anger is important. It's important for the Library Socialist Project. It's important for the project of building an ecological and democratic society. And I've been neglecting it. And it's like, okay, lesson learned. Yeah, utopian anger. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a thing is yeah, under under talked about on our show. But not anymore, because 2024 is the year of anger on oh, yeah. Seriously Wrong. <laughs> It's funny, even now as we're talking about, I'm like feeling uncomfortable with expressing anger. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I have to laugh. I have to like soften it. I have to be like, yeah, we're going to, it's the year of anger. We're angry. (laughs) This is, it's an angry show now. We're going to be so angry. I noticed that when we were talking before (laughs) that you were down, downplaying a little bit your own anger. Yeah, no, I think I, I do that a lot. Okay. Let it out. I know what makes you angry. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're coming, they're coming for the kids. The anti-trans bigots are coming from the kids. I've seen you get pissed about this. Yeah, that's true. It does make me really angry. And they're talking about, they're saying, I'll tell you what they're saying. They're saying that gay people are going to molest those kids. 
That doesn't make you laugh. That makes you angry. No, it makes me laugh that you're trying to make me angry. <laughs> what, you think uh, it's a, just an okay thing to say? What if I started uh, agreeing with that? I was convinced by their arguments. Well, I would I, I would stop talking to you eventually. Uh, pretty quickly, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I know. I don't believe um, that. I'm sorry for even saying that. I'm yeah. just trying to set you off, but it's not really the right way to do it. <laughs> what if I start agreeing with them? I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> Huh? Come at me, come at me, get angry. What if I become a Nazi? You're huh? going to be mad at me then? <laughs> Bear those teeth, Aaron. I know you got an angry uh, side. Yeah, no, I don't. When I think about the kids, uh, the actual kids in these situations, it makes me like really sad thinking about like their experience and like parents. Like I said, I'm, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups for boomers, uh, specifically Canadian, One Million March for Canada, anti LGBT facebook groups where they're like constantly just posting these dumbass memes or like little gotcha thread it's like it is like every single time i see it it makes me like really really angry unless i actually start thinking about the kids and then it makes me like really sad because these people talking about their kids or kids that they uh this parent did this or like oh i'm never gonna let my kid hear about that i'm just imagining being that kid who's like only heard about the existence of gay or trans people as like this thing that's like out there in the world but you know your parents don't want to talk about it you know your parents don't want you to hear about it if they've said anything about it it's some dumbass fucking shit about how it's like evil or uh unnatural or whatever the fuck the thing and then like the kid is like oh that's me like that i think i might be that and they're saying it's bad like that makes me want to cry yeah I actually just teared up while you're talking. For some, that's always killed. That's always killed me. It's just not. But then when I think about those parents saying this shit and like making fucking jokes about it and like uh, talking about like they're going to the meetings or we need to protest or this thing. Or what about the straight kids? They're always talking. This is a stupid fucking thing they say all the time. Like, what about the straight kids? Like, what uh, everyone's talking about the marginalizing the gay kids or like who's going to protect our kids? And like, just like, what the fuck are you talking? Nobody's trying to make your straight kids anything like it's fine they're they're allowed to be straight it's yeah it's interesting that feeling of yeah i, can, I even felt like while you're talking i started feeling this like this this profound empathy and like sadness for yeah that kid and those parents of like and like they need some like they need something that they're not going to get yeah. and then it's like almost the feeling is like despair of like how could the how could the world be that way like how could no one and then but like I mean I can't even talk about it but like it's <laughs> but if I if I start getting angry like if I start pulling on that like they're doing that to those fucking kids man it's not just something that's happening they're fucking doing that to yeah, them yeah they're like revving each other up and it's going yeah. back and forth and, and there's firms like... there's people who are making money off this shit oh yeah and they're fuck. turning parents against their own fucking kids and like now the anger it's like easy to talk I'm not crying anymore I'm fucking angry and it's like that like if you can feel that as an activist that transition from the sadness and the implicit despair of sadness and like the hopelessness of the unfairness of it and push through up to the fuck them like really fuck them think about it man like there's a million things that people do wrong to, to fucking kids but that shit is like there are people who are making money off of fucking making their parents not love their own fucking kids anymore 
so yeah, get angry, you know, like I really think like get fucking angry. It's important. And like, don't, we shouldn't deny that side of ourselves because it, it makes you so decisive. And if you know what needs to be done, the next best thing to do after you've figured out what needs to be done is get fucking angry. Hey, you uh, want to put on some angry music and talk about why anger is an underrated emotion? Hell yeah. Let's uh, throw on some aggressive tunes and get in that angry mood. Oh yeah, listen to that. Mm. Mm, I feel it. Oh, it's yeah. enraging. Anger gets a bad rap, you know? People think of anger as associated primarily with aggression and violence, but anger is also sort of a warning system. It's something people use to protect themselves, and it tips them off to when there's injustice. Did you know that a study showed in the NHL and the NBA, players who are fouled, especially in ways that are like really annoying or kind of they call it a flagrant foul in the NBA, end up performing better on free throws or penalty shots than players who weren't fouled. So that anger gives them that little extra like focus and that burst of energy that lets them get the goal a little bit more often. Yeah, that makes sense. You're pissed off at someone in the part of your brain that's like, oh, am I good enough is quiet because you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah, it's time. I'm clear. I know what I need to do. That reminds me, there was this study where they primed people with anger, sadness, and they primed people to be neutral before a brainstorming task. And they found people who were primed to be angry came up with more original and varied solutions to the problem. So they came up with more overall, and they also came up with solutions that the people who were primed to be sad or neutral never came up with. Interesting, yeah, it's like creativity even being something that can be benefited by being angry. It's like, you know, fuck you, I'm gonna think of a whole bunch of varied answers to this lateral thinking exercise. That's interesting, that reminds me too, actually a similar research done on negotiations and what makes people good negotiators and people primed to be angry before negotiating tasks performed better at negotiating. Right, it makes sense. I mean, and the thing that unifies all these things is the way that anger can make other conflicting information or second guessing and stuff sort of fade away in favor of a certain type of focus and determination, decisiveness. But that's not it, actually. They did another similar study with priming where they found that people's leg strength increased, that they kicked a ball harder and further if they were primed for anger. So there's really something to the idea of like getting angry before you're going to do something that requires exertion because you can push yourself further in that context. Right. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. And yeah, more so than even just like helping you focus or helping you do things or giving you that burst of energy. Another benefit to, you know, having a healthy relationship with your anger is that people who habitually suppress their anger are actually far more likely to have heart attacks. Oh, wow. uh, than people who don't. Well, you know, I'm starting to see the full picture here on anger. I feel like there's a time and a place for it and all things in balance, but there's some real upsides here. It's anger's the new superfood. I'm just kidding. That's a <laughs> yeah, crazy thing to say. <laughs> berries. No, no, anger. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, totally. It, a lot of people unhealthily suppress their anger and it not only harms their health, uh, it harms their ability to be effective participants in the world effective in the fights for justice that they'd like to be effective in so yeah that's a good point it makes me angry to think of all these people who are suppressing their righteous anger when they could be more effectively advocating for themselves just oh 
Yeah, let's go kick their asses. No, I'm angry on their behalf. That's, come on, please. Oh, sorry, let's go kick the asses of the people who wrong them. Yeah, and the people who are encouraging them not to express their anger, the people who are trying to force them to stay small and suppressed. Yeah, I mean, maybe we won't kick any asses, but it's kind of fun to pretend for a second. I feel a little bit of stress relief from that. Yeah, no, just speaking out about the things that make you angry, it's generally sufficient. You don't have to go kicking asses. Yeah, I mean, kicking asses generally isn't like a healthy expression of anger, but no. yeah. I mean, I guess it could be in a certain context, like maybe like a desert island type thing or something. I mean, it's like... self-defense, that's one thing, but it's not the best way to express your anger, but yeah. Yeah, hashtag balance. All right, yeah, so yeah, let's turn that song off. And uh, that was great. Thanks uh, thanks for reading those stats with me or thinking about that research. That was nice. It was my pleasure, you know. In fact, it would make me angry if someone tried to stop us from doing that. Right, yeah, me too. I'm glad they A healthy didn't. angry, of course. Let's talk about some really petty shit that makes us angry. Like one, I'm a fast walker. So you know what I'm going to say? These slow fucking walkers or people, man, I was at fucking Costco and straight up like people have these huge carts oh, and they're God. fucking like, they just <laughs> yeah. driving like idiots and they just like diagonally park their cart to block just enough of the aisle that you can't get around them. And they're like looking at a can of something. You're like, yeah, if, if you're, you're lucky, gonna... they're looking at the fucking product. Half the time they're looking at their goddamn phones. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to do that, I like, sometimes I'll look at my phone in Costco and I'm like hyper aware. I'm like, okay, where can I put this cart that it's like going to be the least in anyone's way. People can easily get around me, like figuring this out. I'm like gaming it out. And then people who have like absolutely zero awareness of it yeah people not knowing the space they take up in public like it's just like maybe you need to learn this when you're a kid or something but if i notice that i've blocked someone for a microsecond my whole like i'm strategizing how to let them through you know like yeah but the way that people just like they're just like and they're just like oh i'm gonna stop here i guess and it's like right the place where the fucking three aisles meet or whatever (laughs) you know like and then there's like a pile up on either side right after covid started I was going shopping for like the first time since COVID was happening. Everyone's masked up at fucking Costco. And this little old man comes up to me. He leans really close to me. I'm like, what's going on? And he says, he mutters something. I'm like, what, what? And he's like getting in my fucking bubble. Like he's getting in my non COVID bubble, you know? (laughs) And he's like, he's like, uh, do you want to, uh, uh, do you, uh, do you know the word of Jesus Christ? (laughs) (laughs) And he's trying to hand me this little. I swear to God, I almost punched him in the fucking face when I realized yeah, like what he elderly was. Elderly man or not, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, no, you fucking deserve it. Yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. People have their personal beliefs, religions, and stuff. I'm not, sh- but this is this is that peak. I'm going to die from COVID thought. And he's not just getting in like the three foot COVID bubble. He's getting in like the six inches of my fucking face bubble to talk to. Ask if I've heard of Jesus Christ. Are you fucking serious? What? What is this Jesus Christ? I'm I'm a white guy living in Canada and somehow just never heard of it. (laughs) Wow. He really sounds like a swell guy. Well, I'll be there Sunday. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, that's wild.
Yeah, people not understanding space and taking up space. I think it is a thing with kids because kids don't a lot of the time, but they don't make me angry when they do it. Like if I'm walking on a sidewalk and the kid, like sometimes I'm even like the parents like pull the kid over like way too quickly because they're too hyper aware of it. And I'm like, I don't mind slowing down. If your kid doesn't understand that I'm trying to pass here, they're not looking, they're like scratching the ground or doing some shit. I forgive them. I'm not angry at your child. But when adults do it, I'm just like, no, you motherfucker. You should know by now. <laughs> yeah. So this, is, this isn't this is angry, but it's just, I just want to tell this story because I'll be lost the time if I don't. Today, my little baby child, she's 11 months old. The door was open because we were taking out the garbage. And then she like ran out and down the hall. And then she was like standing in front of the elevator waiting for it to come. And then we were trying to pull her away. And she's like starting to cry. She like really wanted to wait for the elevator. Right. It was just so cute. Like, what did she think she was going to do? She can't reach the button. She doesn't even know how it works. <laughs> but yeah, like children almost never make me angry. No. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially young children. If like a group of teens are blocking the sidewalk, that might annoy me. No one else pisses me off, folks. This is like part of my stand-up routine. Self-checkout machines? They're too fucking loud, man. You can't turn down the volume on these things. They're just screaming at you. They're like, put it in the bagging area. I'm like, I fucking know how this works. He's been around for years now, man. It was funny. You mentioned this to me preparing for this episode and i was like huh that's one that i just never know i don't notice that that's interesting so last time i was at the grocery store i was thinking about it and i was like is this too loud and then i realized oh i have earbuds in and even if i pause the stuff which i usually would do if i was at the self-checkout just to like concentrate on what i'm doing and not hearing words in my head i don't take the earbuds out so i don't hear it as super loud because i have plugs in my ears so yeah, I mean, that's probably part of why they have it up and like right. also for like, you know, Old elderly people, people or whatever. Yeah. But let's just give up on self-checkouts as a society. <laughs> like it's not worth it. The, the data's in. People steal more. People don't like it. You right. know, my boomer dad will <laughs> you, straight up leave the store. You saying that is making me angry because I'm like, no, no, I will protect my self-checkouts at all costs. I do not want to. If I can avoid it, I don't want to be in like a regular lineup and like you know, people, talking to a person. People now. like you need to be forced to have these little <laughs> conversations. This is good for you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just making you angry. Like, <laughs> uh, no. Look, if the machine clogs up and I have to like flag someone down, I'll have a little conversation with them then. That's plenty. That's <laughs> okay. Remaining agnostic on that for a second. Turn down the fucking volume on them. We know how it works. Maybe make one that's like hard of hearing one or whatever that screams at you. Yeah, right. But like I literally feel like it's it's like I went up to the the, the regular checkout and the person behind the counter is like screaming at me. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like I've they've never said anything out loud that I needed to hear from them. They could be completely silent and just have words on the screen being like pay now or they don't they literally don't have to make any sounds at all as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, maybe you, you can press a little button that has like an ear on it and then it will start talking, then it yeah. will finish when you're done. Yeah, that would be great. But God, that pisses me off. Another one of these robotic like modern conveniences that pissed like straight up like sitting there getting angry at some micro aspect of capitalism like a boomer the <laughs> those screens with order numbers oh yeah where, like, like at like mcdonald's mostly, yeah or, or like or... yeah coffee places right. or fast food places 
Can we say that those are a failure that we should get rid of entirely? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, you'd have to overhaul capitalism in order to make them work. I could see that being a fine thing to have in a system where there's no incentive to pretend that orders are ready faster than they're actually ready. But I don't see that happening under capitalism. Without like, yeah, yeah, because the the whole thing that happens. I mean, the, the, the it seems like a, a nice enough convenience. Oh, I'm order level two eight three. I'll look up on the thing. Oh, order two eight three is ready. ready. I'll go and get yeah, it. Yeah, sure, yeah. that's great. Uh, but here's the the here's the rub. Here's why it doesn't fucking work ever. Is because they use these systems to surveil their workers up at the head office to make sure that they're making shit fast enough. They expect them to make it faster than is clearly possible because they never ever fucking keep my number up there until it's time. It's always <laughs> yeah, well because. Everybody cheats, and then they're like, "Well, this place is like doing it this fast." So it's like, "Oh, those because they're lying about when orders are ready," and then you have to lie too to keep up, or like your store is at the bottom of the ranking or whatever for being on it. Yeah, it's like, it's so dumb. Based in keeping up this illusion for the bosses, the workers are oppressed, the customers are oppressed, and have a less convenient experience. It says like, "Yeah, your order's ready," and then like you always see people like walking up to the thing when it says their order's ready, and then they like look and it's not there because people are all hovering around staring at these screens, and then you see your order come up. You got your headphones in, and yeah, someone yeah. else is going up and getting something from the counter. You're yeah. like, "Yeah." The other day, I was at uh, I was at Tim Hortons, and this guy. What he he like it was like the first time it happened to him. He's like oh, my 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 order disappeared, you know. And, right. <laughs> and I was like, don't worry, man. They just do that every time and have for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's normal. Don't worry about it. But it is an outrage. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, and another thing, yeah, the people hovering around the counter. You think your shit's gonna come faster if you stand up at the counter? Are you a fucking baby? You have a baby brain? Are you yeah, a toddler? I at least try to hover at a base my distance based on how many numbers are in front of my number. If I'm like, if there's like five numbers on the not already shown up order list or whatever, I'm like, okay, there's at least three orders that they've said are done that aren't done yet. They have to give out. <laughs> then there's five more orders in front of mine that aren't done that they have to give out. What a convenient yeah. system. You have to keep track of all the invisible numbers <laughs> to have an idea of how far you should radiate to the counter. And then, and then, yeah, but like a lot of people just aren't thinking about it like it's that. Like they they're, just they're, did they're the order not. and they walk up to the counter like a fucking kindergartner like or there's, someone to who to ju- the screen. <laughs> there's someone who just ordered and they're at the bottom of like eight orders on the list or whatever and they're like oh i'm just gonna stand right at the counter the whole time so other people have to go beside me i'm gonna take <laughs> yeah. up one of the spaces yeah no it's time. it's straight up like you know i'm not saying this to disparage children because in children it's valid but as an adult you should know like if you just ordered you should be hovering back you shouldn't be like standing there like yeah. or like showing your receipt and being like i saw this guy the other day <laughs> doing that too he's like going up to the counter and he just ordered he's like 205 205 <laughs> and it's like no man like there's a big there's all, a big thing happening you well, see all these like people? nobody else is right at the desk so everyone else must have their order all these people hovering probably yeah they made really it. big orders that are gonna take a long time <laughs> yeah no it's it's horrible a big one for me is movie theaters i've gone to a lot of movies the past couple years and like I know that I'm like more sensitive to sound than the average person, but I have a whole laundry list of things in movie theaters that annoy me. Number one, if you're going to eat popcorn, close your lips before you crunch the 
popcorn. <laughs> so many people do the like they toss it in and then like the first bite is just this loud like amplified by their mouth like interesting. Uh, so the 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 I've never noticed this before. I don't really have that misophonia. It's like some people you can sit literally in the seat right next to them and they're eating popcorn and I can't hear it or like other than a little bit of rustling from like but it's in like the bag. But... People people have their mouth open just enough. It's like a little megaphone for the crack on the teeth. If, if you but... imagine I imagine like a cartoon character like popping a popcorn in their mouth and being like <laughs> like that first <laughs> one bite. And then like most people don't chew with their mouth open. They close their lips after that. But the like first bite, they just don't have the muscle motor memory or whatever to be like, oh, popcorn in, lips closed, then bite. And I'd say it's about 20% of people that make this sound, but like I get so angry at them. I will be fuming in my seat. I'll be sitting there monitoring how much popcorn it looks like is left in their bag <laughs> based on how deep their hand is going. I'm just like praying, <laughs> praying they're near the waiting bottom. for them to be done. I'm like, oh, they're e- at least they're eating it fast. This person is shoving in like multiples at one time. Some people like stretch their popcorn for literally the whole movie. And they're just biting like one piece yeah, at a time. Yeah, one piece at a time, which is fine. If that's how you want to eat your popcorn, just close your lips before you chew. Actually, and- I feel like I'm learning something. Here. I don't because I don't have that sensitivity. <clears throat> Another one is don't shake your popcorn bag or at least try if you have to do it don't do it like every time <laughs> sometimes seats are squeaky i understand it's not your fault there's like assigned seats if the theater's fairly empty and you notice your seat is squeaky you can literally just sit in a seat that's not your assigned seat and it's fine like move one over uh, or if you are in it like sometimes you can tell people are being careful to like not make noise as much as possible but sometimes people are just like you can tell are completely unaware that they're doing it they're constantly like forward and back forward and back on their seat and it's making this horrible squeaking sound every goddamn time i'm just imagining you like leaning over to someone and explaining being like oh on your first bite you're <laughs> Clo- just close, close your, your lips, lips please before like, the first crunch i have a i've got like a sensitivity to this kind of thing and i'm just trying to enjoy the film and it, you generally you're chewing with your mouth closed which is good but it's just that first bite every time and i notice you're eating really slowly you're still very high in the bag <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If some people knew, like, how much I was thinking about them, I think it would make them very uncomfortable. But they're making me very uncomfortable. So, And I never say anything because I'm not confrontational like that in public. This is a more minor one, but I've just noticed some people wear really loud clothes. <laughs> like, if you're wearing a hoodie or, like, a T-shirt or, like... Most clothes don't make much noise, which is great. If you happen to be wearing something that like crumples when you move or like you have your jacket on, your winter jacket in the theater, maybe you're just a cold person, I get it, but bring a hoodie or something, like it's it's annoying. If you're gonna be taking food into the theater, my suggestion is to take it out of the packaging that is bad and use a Ziploc bag. Ziploc bags make some noise, but they're way better than like your normal gummy packaging or like, a, I don't know, whatever you're bringing in that you're like tearing open. And I think those are the main ones. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, phones. Oh, my God. Okay. I think you can use your phone in a movie theater if you really want to. It's fine, but you have to turn the brightness all the way down and then keep it low. If you do those two things, I probably won't even notice that you're using it. And if I do notice it, I don't care. Uh, But if you're like 
when I was in Oppenheimer, the girl in front of me had her phone brightness like all the way up and it eventually just became funny so i was i didn't mind as much but she was on the wikipedia article for the oppenheimer movie reading the plot summary like every 15 20 minutes she would open the phone again and then just read another paragraph of the plot summary which i kind of get like it sometimes his movies aren't like the easiest to follow like who which character is this saying this or what's going on you're i was spending like, a I lot of time you. I get on it. all this stuff so <laughs> if i was watching this at home i might check the plot summary too if i didn't care about spoilers but just turn the brightness down because like it sometimes it's just like a shock to your eyes how bright these things are do you feel like like with this level of sensitivity that you're describing like do you feel that you're going to be sort of like trapped for life in this sort of prison of other people's tiny sounds uh, that like this is never going to go away right like movie theaters it bothers me more because i like obviously I can't have my earbuds in or something i can't have anything in that's like dampening the sound that i'm hearing but yeah no i like i just accept at this point that if i go to a movie there's like 30% chance that it'll be fine, 30% chance that it'll be like something minimal that's a little annoying, but like I don't notice that much, and 30% chance that I'll be like angry the entire movie. Now, sometimes like I can tell even before the movie starts, like I don't know why, but some people are just loud. Like everything they do is loud. When they move, it's loud. They're like. So at this point in the recording, I started imitating someone making a ruckus and accidentally stopped the recording and we didn't realize I stopped the recording and kept talking for a while, but you didn't really miss much. I just complained a bit more about people whispering too loud and using zippers and other things in theaters. And yeah, you get the idea. They're loud. It's annoying. I get angry about it. Welcome to Keyboard Warrior Radio Theater. People who get angry are total losers. Can't even control your own emotions much? Pathetic. Wow, lol. Sounds like you're angry at people who get angry, which is ironic because you're against anger and you're being angry and you're mad. Anger is just part of the spectrum of human emotions. It's important. It's neither good nor bad. And it actually helps people to set boundaries. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings? Are you covering up for your hurt feelings with expressing a whole bunch of anger and projecting your anger onto me when I'm clearly not angry and you're completely out of touch with your deeper hurts that you're using to cover up with your anger? It's disgusting. Lol, I'm not angry at all. In fact, I'm smiling right now. I'm surrounded by friends and we're all laughing at this thread because it's so ridiculous, this anti-anger position you're taking. And it's just obvious how clearly mad you are, which is, makes it even funnier to all of us, which is why we're even laughing harder now as I'm later in typing this comment. You're the one who's mad and I'm actually just laughing and having a great time surrounded by people who care about me. Oh, I'm clearly mad, am I? I'm clearly mad. You see so clearly through all those rage-tinged glasses you're looking at. And I don't believe for a minute that you are surrounded by friends or that you're laughing. Send a video for proof if you want to prove it to me, but I don't believe it. You sound angry, and I'm having a great time, and you are a loser. Just like my original post said. OMG, this guy is so mad. He's asking us to send a video of us having a great time without him. 
that's making us all freaking LOL over here because you're so mad at the idea that people get mad even though getting mad is a regular human emotion. That is actually such a riot, man. You are such a loser. Notice you didn't post the video, typical of someone who's actually not surrounded by friends to not be able to prove it. But hey, if you are real, why don't you meet me down at the street corner and we'll get in a physical fight. I'll fight all of you, all 10 of you, because I know that nine of you aren't real. Oh yeah, I'm game to go and fight. I'm gonna have such an advantage in that fight because anger can be used towards beneficial ends, like kicking the asses of losers who hate the emotion of anger. And what's funniest of all is me and my 10 friends will easily make short work of you because you're such a weak little mad loser. All right, name a time, name a place. I'll be there, I'll be happy, I'll be calm, I'll be zen, and I will Aikido your ass and use your own anger against you. Remember what Yoda said. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. You're suffering when I kick your ass. LMAO, this MF quoted Yoda. He's so mad, it's crazy. Just like someone who doesn't recognize the fear at the root of their anger that is the cause of their suffering, to diss the Yoda quote. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Keyboard Warrior Radio Theater. You know what's one thing that really gets under my skin? You know, on the internet people will be like, you mad or whatever, so you have to like kind of pretend that you're not mad in your posts. Like you can't be like, yes, I am mad. Cause somehow like that's some weird metagame loss to like the craziest freaks in the world. Yeah, you can do it, but there has to be some kind of judo move. And like, especially if you're on Twitter, there's like limited space. Yeah. And, like, do I want to spend time justifying why I'm mad or? And, yeah, uh, Twitter, you just have no space to, to articulate at all. The, the best thing to do there in my opinion is generally just to ignore any comments about your emotional state and just refocus on the point. Yeah, yeah, no, especially with a, a platform like Twitter, you're always needing to refocus on the point. Yeah, but generally if I'm on Twitter, I would say 90% of the time I'm on there, I'm mad. So if someone said that to me, I'm like, yeah, probably, chance, yeah. yeah, it's a good chance, yeah. <laughs> um, but even, even before I ever used Twitter, the thing on internet debates that genuinely makes me mad and not even necessarily towards me, but just in general, like I see other people doing this too. And it's the contentless dismissal where someone is dismissing what another person says without refuting it, addressing it, or even talking about it. So stuff like you used to see on left book, like JFC, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh yeah. Or just copying and pasting what they said back at them. Yeah. Or like, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a cringe or like. Anytime it sounds blank, but okay. It's yeah. Tag group. Or yeah, like just calling some, there's some complex political debate and then someone's just calling the other person a liberal or a reactionary or something without explaining why and, and like expanding on it. Or like, you know, in more like news comment section spaces, people might do that by calling you a communist. The same kind of like just thoughtless, mindless, shutting someone down without giving them even that tiny little bit of respect to acknowledge what they're saying in any way and give some sort of context. As the, Actually, this recently happened on Twitter with when the United States started bombing targets in Yemen, there was like some leftists that were saying the Houthis are standing up for Palestine. And then there was like more centrist, liberal, left 
influencer types being like, what idiots? It seemed to be like the official line across all of these influencers who were kind of like Democratic Party <laughs> extended universe influencers. Biden lovers. Yes. Not just like, I'll vote for Biden but like because Biden defenders like lesser those, evil, yeah. blah, blah. But like, no, Biden's, Biden's the most progressive president in history. Is they were just calling people <laughs> stupid and they weren't explaining why it was stupid to think that. And so like that debate aside... If you're going to call someone's position stupid, if you're going to call them stupid on the internet and you don't give them the context or give me as a reader the context to understand why you think that, I'm going to get mad at you. Like, And this is just like a personal pet peeve of mine, but it actually really pisses me off because people are going on the internet and they're either learning stuff or they aren't. And if we're just teaching them to dismiss each other, to shit on each other, and to ignore what the other person says, and we're not teaching them the actual facts of the matter, the actual facts of the cases. And so I think the reason, I still never got a full full example, but I think generally the reason is that, that their perspective is that Houthis aren't good guys, that there's bad stuff happening as a result of the Houthis in Yemen. So it makes you stupid to them they find it contemptible to say that houthis are actually acting for the reasons that they're saying they're acting to stand up for palestinians i i mean i think they're probably telling the truth about why they're doing what they're doing and that's not incompatible with them being uh, really bad on other doing things. bad things in other places or whatever yeah no yeah when i think about it in a principled way i i agree with you that that's bad but i think it only like viscerally makes me angry when i either don't understand what's going on if i understand why someone is calling someone else stupid for doing that uh like if if they're on my side of something i'm like, a lot less likely to be angry if i'm like oh yeah they are stupid for thinking that great point <laughs> with that quote tweet there but i think if i you know take a step back and be a bit more objective i can be like yeah it's still not good but part of me even is like taking joy and knowing that it's going to make other people angry. That sort of, I don't know what you call that, but the taking joy in other people's anger. It's, I, I'm not saying that's a good impulse. Bullying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's part of bullying. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if that's, it's not like synonymous with bullying, but it's the first term that came to mind. But um, I'm not saying I don't get some twisted thrill out of that kind of stuff sometimes too. Uh <laughs> And yeah, like I think there's probably times where I don't notice it as much based on context like that. But I feel like it occurs to me on principle a lot in times too where like I'm annoyed with myself for caring and like I have to remind myself. What's that like cliche? You don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. Right. Because like when I see stuff like that, I just want to jump in and just like write a little essay to be like, you are such a piece of shit for this. And this, this is why, you know, like, and it's yeah. probably because I had experience with that when I was learning about different things in politics. And I know that it was a roadblock to my me deepening my understanding. And, right. you know, I had chips on my shoulder about certain issues and stuff like that based on being mistreated and that sense of injustice. Another factor for me on that specific one is like, I know people online are like always learning and you always have the chance that your tweet is going to be read by somebody who has absolutely no idea what's going on. But I think for a significant amount of like hyper online people, the first time they thought anything about the Houthis ever in their life has been in the past couple weeks. So like that being your very first Exposed like if we had had a year of discourse about the Houthis already, I'm a bit more forgiving to someone being like, I don't want to explain this again. I've explained it a ton of times. A ton of people have explained it a ton of times. But when it's like this just started happening 
most of the people reading this tweet have no idea what's going on and are going to have to go like yeah the, google the houthis there's a couple hundred countries on earth there's thousands of political factions on earth and you know yeah. people have jobs you know there's there's <laughs> not everyone is like a streamer who's keeping up with every crumb of news and then forming their takes and so on right but yeah that contentless dismissals i just i think of it as just a a, a social evil it really annoys me in terms of online debates, one thing like that that happens a lot that really annoys me is people being completely incredulous about things that are obviously satire or like a screenshot that could easily be faked. The one that pops to mind right now, it's not directly social media, but I saw the clip on social media was Joe Rogan being like, have you seen this latest video of like a man in a dress trying to get into the woman's bathroom and this mom is there with her daughter and she's yelling at him and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, people are like acting like this isn't real, but it's so real in these videos. And then yeah, Jamie's yeah. like, uh, you know, this is a... Everyone in the comments is saying, saying oh, this, this is, is a satire, satire video. <laughs> yeah. And you go look at the YouTube channel that made it and they're like, we make like politically provocative comedy sketches or whatever. Like, this isn't really a comedy sketch. Uh, like, there's no jokes in it. And then Joe Rogan's like, oh, well, she's such a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, it's... A... Convince me. Is it? But, like... I've seen I'm the, the most skeptical guy on the planet, and they convinced me. There, there was like a whole series of these videos that were in classrooms, and they were all like the same classroom. And sometimes, like the people would be like a teacher in one sketch, and then like a student in another sketch. But like so many people, especially in some of these boomer Facebook groups I'm in, were just like, "Oh my god, this is happening in real life!" And blah blah. Like these like students just getting up and screaming, or like ripping things someone like ripping a pride thing off the wall or like just like all these dumb videos of things that like way over the top and then people talking about it as if it's real and having all these like back and forth and this and that and it's just like this is all based on people who like are claiming to be doing sketches or something but like aren't really they're just producing misinformation uh, is it Dunning-Kruger Times is another? That's not, they don't do videos, they just do headlines, but they call themselves satire, but if you, their headlines aren't really satire, they're just misinformation. There's like a difference, like a satire right. and headline. Yeah, Jordan Peterson shared one of them once. Y I remember yeah. it because it's funny, it was called the Dunning-Kruger Times. <laughs> yeah, there was a recent one too, or some state senator or maybe a governor or something. Some American politician shared one in like the last two weeks, which is why that website in particular was on my mind. But yeah, Jordan Peterson too. Uh, and they're just like... I get that it's hard to always check for misinformation. I'm pretty sure I've fallen for misinformation sometimes before, but you see, seeing people having their biases confirmed by a headline that like when I read it as someone, I'm just like, this is obviously fake. This didn't happen. Uh, or like seeing that video, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This just it doesn't seem right to me. Uh, other people not having that reaction of like, oh, this doesn't seem right to me because of their prejudices or their view on things. Just like, it makes me really, really angry. I'm like, you motherfucker, just like, think about this. Like, no, <laughs> it's obviously not true. And yeah, then what do you think the, the reason, ultimate reason is like that it makes you angry because it's being used against vulnerable people, that it's being used to attack people, that's like the injustice of it? Yeah, that's part of it. But like, I also just like have argued enough with people like that online that I hate them. 
in some vague way. Like I'm like, you f- motherfuckers. Like it's it relates back to the injustice, obviously. Like if it was just like they had a, some interpretation of a movie or something that I didn't agree with, I'm like, I don't think that's what it was trying to say. I probably wouldn't feel so angry about it. I might be kind of more like annoyed or frustrated that they don't agree with my version of it, but. Yeah, I think it relates back to the injustice. But there's also like a petty personal thing of like you how does this not prove to you that you're wrong? Like you're in the future you're I know you're going to do this again, Joe Rogan, like Yeah, actually the how does this not prove to you that you're wrong? Fuck, man. I get so like so I you know, I I I'm interested in politics. I talk about politics. I worry about sometimes coming across like a know-it-all or someone who isn't willing to take corrections and stuff but you give me like a real fucking bona fide correction that shows that i'm wrong i would i graciously jump at the opportunity to prove how much i'm willing to change my position oh yeah and it's just like that like you have to get me pretty worked up for me to not want to do that i have to be mad at you pretty personally to want to avoid that right (laughs) like because it doesn't it's no skin off my back i misremembered some stupid little thing whatever immaterial to my values right but when other people are exposed to especially like you know political adversaries or people that i've been in some sort of argument with or dispute with when they're exposed to like 110 percent refutation of what they're talking about where there's no doubt there's no fucking doubt they were wrong they were just wrong they were wrong five minutes ago and someone has showed them or i've showed them you are wrong now say it i am wrong <laughs> Um, and again, it's, it's kind of the, the interplay of the, the very petty, but also the serious, but like the, I think the thing that sets me off is partially the petty side of it, but it's usually serious stakes. But when someone is just like not willing to do that little social ritual of being like, okay, I'm wrong. Nevertheless, let's move on. You know, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Just say, just like, it's right here, man. It's right. It's right fucking here, man. Uh, like this happened to me recently with, a internet acquaintance of mine again is an israel palestine thing because i said something along the lines of like you know i support war crime investigations on the israeli conflict in gaza and if there it's found that there's war crimes that happen on october 7th i support you know everyone being held accountable on both sides and i think that is I think disproportionately, like way, way disproportionately, it's like Israel's doing way, way worse than what happened on October 7th in terms of numbers, in terms of context, yada, yada. So I'm giving him all these, you know, and he's taking the this opposite side that like only Israel should be held accountable for anything. And I think, well, like, it's a practical matter. It benefits everyone if both sides, whatever degree they're found culpable, are held legally liable. That's what's going to be best for prosecuting more crimes in general in the future and it's probably the only realistic way that you could get any sort of accountability for israel's war crimes right um and then he was insulting me he's saying like oh you think that we should arrest both slave owners and slaves he's like drawing these historical comparisons i'm like that's obviously not what i'm saying and then like part way through our debate i see on twitter that hamas has said we will participate with war crime investigations into ourselves as long as Israel's, and so I link this to him, and I'm like, "Look, Hamas agrees with me," and he just wouldn't acknowledge it. He just kept on changing the subject, trying right. to move to other stuff. And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you like, do you literally have a diagnosable mental problem where you can't just like be humble for a split second and just fucking?" And the thing is, he was like railing on me and stuff first, so it made it all the more just like say it, mouth the words, "I was wrong." 
uh <laughs> fuck you oh my god ah yeah i try to avoid getting in situations that work me up like that that have no plausible uh, uh yeah, <laughs> real release. world impact yeah end point you, you just quote tweet that person and be like look at what an idiot this person and then get a few likes maybe that would help uh no i'm i'm joking somewhat but <laughs> yeah no people not admitting they're wrong is also enraging i had one recently where i was talking about regret rates for surgeries for trans people and i'm like you know all the research tends to show it's like low single digits a lot of them are like below one percent it's like actually really low compared to other surgeries like regrets for <clears throat> tattoos are like more yeah than regret that. for like almost every other surgery is actually higher it's probably because there's so many roadblocks in place and blah 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 and the person's like uh, other research shows you're wrong and they just posted a screenshot of like a google search when google like has a highlighted section of the page or the, anyway the partial like ai shit answer that's yeah, from yeah, some yeah. random website that's <laughs> but it was like it was a partial highlighted ai excerpt answer from a paper that even in their excerpt it says like <laughs> On a broad, I don't, I don't have the exact quote, but basically the part that was highlighted said regret rate of 14%. But if you read the words around the highlighted part, it was saying that other surgeries, if you take all surgeries on like a broad meta-analysis of all surgeries, it's about 14%, which is much higher than this study and other studies have found for transgender surgeries. And I was like, your screenshot literally is proving my point. If you read the title of the paper that that screenshot is taking an excerpt from, it's talking about the disproportionate scrutiny that's put on transgender people's surgeries, despite the fact that the regret rate is much lower. That's what the whole paper is saying. The whole paper is saying what I've been saying to you the whole time. And it just like There's zero a, acknowledgement, zero. Oh yeah, man. That again, another cliche thing is like, don't wrestle with a pig in the mud because you get dirty and the pig likes it. Like you're talking about someone who's clearly got some sort of delusional narcissistic shit going on. Anyone who's posting a screenshot that directly refutes their own claim is in some sort of fantasy world overall. It's not someone that you're ever going to be able to talk to right. on online in this format, you know, like. <laughs> And that's happened to me before in debates with especially like reactionary types and stuff where it's so often, yeah, stuff that's just clearly at first glance, I'm like, I don't know the details, but I'm just guessing there's no way this is true. And then when you look into the details, it's like, yeah, I was right for X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. And then there's also the, yeah, directly refuting themselves with their evidence that they barely half read because it matches their delusional sort of alternate version of reality. Yeah, we both had a lot of experience with that, actually. In the, <laughs> if you listen to our uh, election fraud episodes, we talk about debating a person about that and COVID stuff. And But so many times he would post like a COVID study or whatever, and you just read the study or read the abstract or the relevant part of the study. And you're like, actually, this is the exact opposite of what you think. This study backs me up. It happens so many times, like so many times. Yeah, and the... An interesting thing is that he, we found out later th from someone else that he was, and I'm not going to dwell on that, it's not the subject of the episode, but just for longtime listeners, it brought me some petty, <laughs> petty, petty twisted joy. Uh, he actually used to be a practicing acupuncturist who lo lost his acupuncture license uh, for offering people uh, low priced acupuncturing in his dirty apartment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not good. You shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. But also, 
makes sense if you're kind of like a delusional, like <laughs> narcissistic type. Yeah. We now go to the wrong boys, newly empowered and seething with rage and hostility as they walk through a neighborhood full of innocent civilians. <sighs> Look at that guy's hat. Oh, that's a stupid fucking oh, hat. That's like that pissed me so right angry. off. Just walking, not even thinking about how stupid he looks. Oh, look at that gate. Disgusting. Look at the way he Ugh. walks, it's just... Hey, fuck you! What are you looking at, you piece of shit? God, that feels good. Look at him run away. Coward! Fucking hate that guy. Oh my god, how many dogs does one person need? Look at these puppies. Probably disease-ridden little yipping... Bastard. Hey, why do you have so many puppies? No Are you... humans like you, or yeah, what? Yeah, fucking lonely person, or what? Disgusting piece of shit. Look, I'm just gonna say it. Fuck you. Fuck your fucking puppies. Get off our fucking sidewalk. Excuse me, would you boys like to buy some cookies? Oh, a little girl. Selling cookies? What are you, the vanguard of capitalism, yeah, little you, girl? Yeah, you look up to Jeff Bezos? You enjoy handing your youth over to the system that's enslaving us all? That pisses me off. Look at her. She's too short. Selling cookies, blocking the sidewalk. Yeah, no. you know, we got somewhere to be, you know? Like, you're interrupting our day when you say this? You know those cookies aren't very healthy, and they're cheaper at the supermarket, right? You dumb little Where do you think this money loser. goes? Yeah, are you getting anything from this, or are you just uh, enriching people above you as usual? No, are you very smart? I'm getting the impression that you're not. Do your parents love you? I wouldn't if I was your Yeah, parents. I can't understand I possibly how. You're just an enraging little piece of shit. you're just out here trying to get validation from strangers buying your cookies because your parents don't love you. It's disgusting. Yeah, you're getting the attention you so desperately crave. Frankly, you disgust me. How does that feel? God, you piss us off. Here, I'm kicking over this table. (laughs) Oh, crying? (laughs) Trying to emotionally manipulate us. Didn't work on your parents, so they left, and now you're trying it here. Oh, the little capitalist is sad now that someone called her out on her bullshit. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck your cookies. Fuck your crocodile tears. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get the fuck out of our town. I think you need to ask yourself the serious question whether life is worth living for you. (laughs) We're just expressing our anger. It's what our therapist told us to do. Don't be such a whiner about it. I'm just expressing the thought that you piss oh, me off. I can't handle it when other people are honest about their feelings. <laughs> yeah, we're just being honest. And one of my feelings is your parents don't love you. And I have to express that to lower my risk of heart attack. You know what? You boys are big doo-doo heads. You're big meanie doo-doo heads and I don't like you. Wow, what the fuck? What? Were we being doo-doo heads? Or I thought we were just getting in touch with our anger. But she didn't She I didn't guess. cower in fear. She has moved emotionally to stand up for herself. Huh. I thought if anger is always righteous and justified, and she's angry at us. I mean, I'm angry at her because of her stupid little hat and dress, and she's too short, and, and she's cookies d- and even dumb for a child. But slave. It's disgusting, but... Huh. Oh, my God. Maybe... We've went too far. Maybe there's... Maybe that wasn't a healthy expression of anger. Yeah, maybe there's some middle ground between where we were before, where we weren't expressing any anger at all, and where we were now, where we were taking out years of bottled-up rage on random strangers. Huh. There might be something to that. 
Because now that I kind of come down from a little bit, I'm like, oh, who really cares if someone has a hat that I wouldn't, like, buy myself? Or... Right, yeah. And, I mean, that person with puppies, they, I don't, there's all sorts of reasons you could have a bunch of puppies. Yeah, maybe their kids wanted a bunch of puppies and they have a happy family. And even if they were lonely, it's not something to be angry at for. And children are really innocent, and we probably shouldn't be just yeah, we'd blanketly a, angry at them. We gave her for, a dressing down for just basically nothing. Yeah, even if you do get angry at a child, you probably shouldn't say such abusive things to them that would be oh my god yeah <laughs> hey little girl wait we'll buy all of all of your cookies and we take back everything we said we're so sorry i have no idea what came over us yeah it was just it was a big whoopsie on our end we really made a big mistake you have every right to be angry at us but it just we have no right to be angry at you you've done nothing wrong yeah and we we've got we're struggling with balance yeah we just we're really angry at the oil and gas industry and like maybe a little angry at you but we kind of got the proportionality off responded in an unhealthy way acting aggressively towards people who didn't deserve it but you helped us understand something kid anger is a perfectly valid emotion which has its right place within the sort of rainbow of emotions that every human being experiences And there's beneficial and maladaptive ways to use that anger. Too much anger and aggression, which can turn to violence or verbal abuse, is is wrong. But also, completely suppressing your anger and not acknowledging the emotions you feel is bad for you. I don't think I would have ever understood this without you, kid. And the way we verbally abused you just now. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for being there. To act as a conduit for our lesson. Honestly, I bet your parents love you. Like, you're... Oh, yeah. You're the best, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'll try to keep balance here, but I think you're one of the best kids I've ever met, the way you've taught me this incredible lesson. Totally, yeah. And I don't know why I was so mad at you for being so short. That's that's a developmentally appropriate height you have. Yeah, kids are short. That's like... I'm embarrassed. Could you ever, ever forgive us? No. Fuck you. I don't forgive you. I'm glad you realize what you did is wrong, but you don't just get to verbally abuse me and then turn around and expect me to be the one to absolve you of your guilty feelings. Fuck you both. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, well, fair enough, honestly. Yeah. I mean, can't please everyone, I guess. Yeah, maybe we should head back to that anger management and then just finish it like it can might be teach us all the appropriate right ways yeah to no do we it. ignored some of the stuff they were saying yeah they were like I... calling after us as we were leaving saying yeah. no it's not done yet and yeah i yeah. think we said some pretty horrible things to them as well yeah well live and learn it's a long road uh but yeah we were always improving that's what's important and so there you have it the wrong boys learned not to completely repress their anger nor to completely unleash their anger for no reason on innocent civilians today's lesson from seriously wrong and now back to our show we're at peace peace with the business classes the politicians and the experts we take the side of the less bad option to do data-driven urban analysis about what's reasonable and what's not our resolve is to bridge the gap end the polarization and amplify the voice of the heartland and we're just normal for a change you're watching wnbc the voice of normal people welcome back everybody to another episode of normal tonight now when better hope changed the second took office four years ago we all breathed the collective sigh of relief finally back to normal we all said and there was some truth to it 
But it's been a tough four years. Global conflicts, climate change, and internal tensions have remained a constant threat to our great nation. Now, I firmly believe that Better Hope Change has done his level best to try and address all of this, but not everybody on my side of the aisle agrees. Today, we're talking to a far-left extremist activist who, while their heart is in the right place, is emblematic of a problem deeply rooted here on my side of the aisle, which is being just a little bit too angry all the time, and it's putting people off. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, but I, I don't agree with what you're saying at all. I mean, we're talking about Better Hope Change the Second campaigned on a dovish foreign policy, and he's now transferring weapons and munitions to human rights abusers during a time where there's mass killing happening. Um, <laughs> now, now, I do sympathize with what you're saying, but do you really think that Better Hope Change, as imperfect as he is, is really going to be worse on these issues than the other guy? Don't you think you're... A angry, aggressive posture towards better hope change ultimately just makes things worse. Okay, there's multiple things here. Yes, I'm angry. I should be angry. A lot of people are angry. And it's not about better or worse in some game of lesser evil. It's about right and wrong. And it's what is happening is wrong. People have a right to be angry. They shouldn't be silenced or pacified or, 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 or stigmatized for experiencing regular emotional responses to having your government enable mass killing of innocent civilians. Yes, I am angry. Angry is the right emotion to feel. And you don't think it's just a little bit off-putting to the average Joe and Jane at home seeing the, these angry, screeching activists on average, TV? The average Joe and Jane at home experience emotions too. They feel angry when they see injustice. They do not like the idea of there being weapons transfers being done by our government to a human rights abuser who is killing civilians en masse. They're angry too. Let's not pretend that like regular people are like these calm, college-educated pacifists who just love lesser evilism so much. No, they fucking hate politicians. Excuse my French. A lot of them are angrier than me. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that is it really so surprising to you that Better Hope Change the Second isn't listening to your wing of the party when you're coming at him so angrily like this, when he's trying to coalition build. And yeah, I agree with so many of the things that you're saying. I don't like mass killing. I don't like any of these awful things that have happened. But it's really not surprising that he's reacting this way, given the screeching from your camp. I, okay, I, that really just pisses me off. Is this surprising? People are like, is this surprising? Are you really surprised by this? It's like, no, I'm not saying I'm surprised. No one's saying they're surprised. We're not talking about surprised or not surprised. We're talking about right and wrong. Innocent people dying or innocent people being spared. I'm not talking about fucking surprise. You know, Israel is not being taken to The Hague on surprise charges. They're being taken to The Hague on genocide charges. Oh, we're so surprised, Israel. Okay, well, we're going to send you to the... You violated the surprise convention. No. A disappointing response from an angry, unruly, and frankly, irrational activist today. It's irrational to not be angry with what's happening. Maybe you could be a little bit annoyed, but angry? Don't you think that's a, a bit uncivil when we're trying to get things back to normal? It's uncivil to be polite and civil in a context that is causing mass devastation. What is truly polite, what is truly civil, what is truly following decorum 
in this case, can be breaking decorum for the good of people. Transferring these weapons to human rights abusers in the context of mass death is evil. We have every right to be angry. People aren't angry enough. One final question. Will you tell the people listening right now that you and all of them will be and should be voting for Better Hope Change the Second in the upcoming election? Because he's better than the other guy. Does Better Hope Change have your vote? I'm trying to think of how to even respond. It's yeah. so like infuriating <laughs> and like how evil of a question that is and, like, <laughs> in that context. I think I have to make clear, I resent that question. I think that question is disgusting in the context of people being killed en masse. I'm not here to cheerlead for any party. I'm not here to cheerlead for any politician, the least of which a politician that is transferring weapons to someone who is violating human rights, killing people en masse. I'm not pledging to vote for anyone. I owe no one a pledge to vote. They owe us listening to us. We are citizens, whether we vote for them or not. We are citizens. Our voice matters. We live in a democracy. People are free to vote for whoever they like. That's none of my business. I'm not here on that. We live in a democracy. They listen to us. We do not pledge unconditional support for them, regardless of context, regardless of what's happening in the world. We don't defer to them as our leaders. They defer to us. That is democracy. And it pisses me off that you asked this. It really pisses me off that we're talking about this in the context of thousands of innocent civilians being killed. It's disgusting. All right. And that is all the time we have for that. We've just hung up on the guests there. I guess some people will never learn that being angry just isn't productive. And hey, I was trying to say this. I don't know if he was listening or not, but the fact is that no matter who you vote for, they're going to be transferring weapons to this ongoing genocide. When we come back after the break, we'll have on an anger management expert who tells us how to completely eliminate all anger with the help of the new sponsor of Normal Tonight, Nozinoft XE, a brand new pill from Xenon Group that stops your angry feelings right at the source, making you normal and productive again. Turn that boiling rage into something useful by voting for Better Hope Change the Second. Thank you, and we'll see you right after the break. Okay, so we, we've been talking about petty, petty anger for a little while now, but there's real like reasons to be angry in the world, really good reasons. Not that the reasons that we shared aren't, aren't good in their own special little ways. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's a scale. There's a scale from like, oh, you know, a well-meaning person is maybe slightly unaware. They're taking up too much space in the aisleway or they don't understand how much noise they're making in a movie theater. It's annoying. I'm frustrated that I'm angry. Yeah. But then there's I, like... I would be blocked every fucking day for the rest of my life by some idiot on their phone in the middle of the aisle at every place I ever go and have slow walkers in front of me and have every fucking teller machine be five times as loud <laughs> if it would save the life of one child in Gaza who's being fucking bombed and being moved to fucking safe zones by Israel and then bombed again and like all this fucking shit that's going on there. Yeah, when you talk about things that fucking <sighs> bombing hospitals, bombing universities, bombing like crucial infrastructure is like the most fucking horrifying thing that you can do. Like 
Something about bombing hospitals is like, there's something so crystallinely evil about that. So like horrifyingly, like you just like. And what, what happened with, there was a thing about, there's the debate about, what, oh, did we bomb this hospital or was it Palestinian jihad who bombed this hospital? It was a misfired rocket. And then it's like, and then after that passed. No, they only like, bombed the parking lot of the hospital. Like people were saying they bombed the hospital, but it was only the just, parking lot. Just, there was a bunch of people standing because they thought a hospital was going to be a safe place. And then, so then after that sort of wave crested and after, you know, David Pakman and Destiny did their little five minutes of fucking pro-Israeli shit. Then that crested and then they were like, well, then Israel obviously bombed like five other hospitals after that. And there's no more hospitals in Gaza anymore somehow. It was Palestinian Jihad keeps misfiring rockets, I guess, that come from the sky at the same time that Israel's bombing. It's so strange. Um, well, actually, they're they're all operating out of the basements of those hospitals constantly all the time. So you got to bomb the hospital. It's like, well... From what I understand, this is just, like, not true. But also, even if it was true, you still don't get to bomb fucking hospitals. Like, maybe you just shouldn't be bombing at all. Maybe Israel shouldn't be occupying Palestinian territory for decades upon decades in the first place. And then, like, none of this would be happening at all. Yeah, I mean, Amnesty International has been saying for a couple of years now that this is apartheid. Human Rights Watch says that this is apartheid. There's a UN body that deals with the Israel-Palestine conflict. I'm blanking on their name right now, but they say that this is apartheid. It's an open-air prison. This has been happening for a long time. And then what, what's happening right now, and it's been happening for the last couple of weeks, it's like repulsive. It's disgusting. And I got to the point where I was starting to like get frustrated that it kept on showing up on my Twitter feed, like seeing the kids like pulled from the rubble and stuff that look like they look like my they look like my kid. And um, it makes you feel so like hopeless and small and like I like and you, you could yell all you want at politicians and it doesn't matter. And like people are resharing these graphic images and, and like and I had this moment of like, man, I. And then I felt so guilty. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking see this anymore. And then I was like, well, I don't want to see it. I mean, I probably don't feel good about experiencing it every day for a hundred days. And it's like, I feel guilty. Like I'm fucking complicit because I can't build that emotional space to scroll past it and like not let it take over my fucking imagination. But yeah. if you switch to fucking anger, it, it's really clarifying. It's like, really, fuck them. There's no excuse to drop that many bombs in such a small period of time on such a small area. They dropped as much bombs as the entire campaign, the U.S. campaign in Iraq's entire campaign. They dropped that many bombs in the first week, and they killed zero Hamas leaders. Yeah, but they have killed up to this point, like, what, 25,000 civilians in Palestine since October 7th? It's like 25,000 people, innocent people, are you going to be like, no, they're not innocent. The 25,000 civilians, half of them children or slightly less than half of them children. You can't do that. Like you can't kill civilians. You can't murder people because you're angry about an attack. And like, I understand being angry about October 7th. I understand that like people in music festivals shouldn't be attacked. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no. And you, I mean, you see clips of like kids being taken away to be turned into hostages and their pawns of this political situation out of their control. And like, you can't be humane and think, oh, it's just an Israeli kid or something like that. Obviously, I feel that with my whole heart too. And it's 
it's sad. It's it's and it's fucked up, and I think it's wrong. But looking at the overall context, I can't, in good faith, focus on that in this context where you have over ten thousand kids who have been fucking blown up, like ten thousand kids, and now they're being they're being starved, deprived of things, being cramped together in camps that aren't sanitary. There's diseases being passed around, and, and they fucking blew up the hospitals. Like, that, I don't know what that that one is just. Yeah, there's videos it's, of it's kids having their... the quickest route to anger for me is, like, you can't fucking bomb hospitals, like... There's footages of kids, like, whose legs have been amputated by Israeli explosives who are having their wounds sewn up by doctors while they're being held by their parents crying and there's no anesthetic. And they're they're eight years old, man. Like, that's... And it's a political fucking choice. And it's not, like, some... Oh, this conflict is a complicated conflict that's hard to solve. You have a far-right Israeli government that is in a coalition with fascistic Israeli groups, and they're speaking openly about Palestinians as animals, saying that there's no innocent civilians, that the mothers and children help Hamas fighters. They're saying, remember Amalek, which is like a biblical story about obliterating your enemies who wrong you. And there's still like... You go on Twitter and there's fucking people who are making it their job to stand up for the most horrifying thing that we've ever seen in our lives. Like it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to blow it out of proportion in the sense that there's many bad things, but this is an insane assault on a civilian population that is prolonged with a high amount of explosives, a disproportionate response. And then on top of all of that, there's this crazy gaslighting game where the politicians are acting like this is normal because it's an ally. They're acting like we're unreasonable for being angry and that there's nothing they can do and they can't even speak out about it. It's, it's like, it's fucking maddening, man. Yeah. Like also like, oh, it's so complicated and like, it's really hard to solve. And like, yeah, it is complicated, and yeah, it is hard to solve. But also, the people with all the resources, the people with all the bombs, the people who have killed 25,000 people uh, are the ones who have the responsibility. They're the ones who have the moral responsibility for what's going on here. It's like you can't both sides this thing when one side has all the power, when one side is the occupying force forcing the other side like i heard this this palestinian academic talking about what he just has to go through to go into israel to give a talk a basic talk he's like i have to get up at like 4 a.m you get on this bus it's like this thing and there's like a four-hour process to be issued a visa that lets you into israel for like three hours and you have to make sure you're out of the country again on time and like you get into this other bus and then go back and like you might be denied entry and then you just like can't go to this talk thing that you were talking about there's this, like, you might be arrested at any point. You never fucking know. There's like, if you're the occupying military force in an area where you have complete control over what's going on, like, yeah, it's fucking complicated, but people figure out complicated things all the time. Computer chips are fucking complicated. Uh, <laughs> like, there's nothing in the world that isn't complicated. You know, like everything exists in a complex context. It's just, it's like the it's complicated thing actually pisses me off. Not to say that it's not without complexity, but like name something in the world that isn't fucking complicated. I dare you because I can complicate it pretty fucking fast. Yeah. You ever made an apple pie from scratch? You ever set up the orchard, grown the trees, grown the fucking, cut up the apples, got sourced all the ingredients yourself? It's making an apple pie is fucking complicated. People do it all the time. Yeah. 
it being complicated, true, no matter how true or not true or how complicated it is compared to other things, it's not an excuse to murder 25,000 people in three months. That's not complicated. That's a very simple statement. No matter how complicated it is, it's not a justification for murdering 25,000 people in three months. Yeah, there's no, there's no, you can't do ethnic cleansing and self-defense. That's literally what Hitler claimed he was doing. Israeli leaders have expressed genocidal intent, the intent to displace everyone, all Palestinians, displace or kill all Palestinians. They've said it repeatedly. They've called them animals. They said that the civilians aren't innocent. Oh, man, there's people being like, oh, yeah, but Netanyahu's government isn't even in total power right now. There's like a but they the the opposition in them are in this wartime government. People did the stupidest fucking things are like, oh, yeah, but other people in Israel don't agree with that. It's like <laughs> I get it. I'm not saying everyone in Israel is evil. I'm not even saying everybody in the Israeli government is evil. But if you have people in the government who are saying those things, who are using genocidal rhetoric while participating in the mass killing of civilians. Like, I don't care that, like, there are other factions in the government. Well, like, I'm glad that there's other factions in the government. Everyone should be supporting them and kicking the other people out. Like, the, I don't know, use it. It's like, I just see people being like, oh, it's not a genocide because not everybody in the Israeli government wants to do the genocide that they're doing. Because sometimes when something's so morally clear, in order to make an argument that opposes that moral clarity, it has to be aggressively idiotic and offensive to your basic sensibilities as a human being. And that's what's happening on Israel-Palestine discourse online. And I'm not saying I'm without concern about often anti-Semitism is one of the things that comes up in these conversations. And I see anti-Semitism on Twitter all the time since this started. And I'm, yeah. I don't want to downplay that at all. I think it's fucked There's up. There's always anti-Semitism out there and it's definitely gotten worse. Like, Yeah. And people feel justified in, in a new way because they're essentializing Israel as a Jewish place run by Jewish people or run by, quote, the Jews, because they're maliciously incompetent at understanding the world and it's going to it negatively affects other people. And I stand 110% behind all like Jewish fucking homies on this stuff that anti-Semitism is, is fucked up and it's growing. But again, you look at the context, 25,000 plus fucking civilians, 12,000 plus children killed by an unprecedentedly like large bombing campaign in the modern world. Not only that, propped up by Western allies like the United States, Canada, France, England, etc. And then they're gaslighting us and talking to us about it like this is all normal. We should just forget about it. It's brown people on the other side of the world. Sure, it's happening at this crazy fast rate. It's like the Iraq War times five. But just forget about it. You know, yeah. kids need to get kicked out of school for attending these protests because they're being anti-Semitic. It's like, no, fuck you, man. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think, like, part of the anger of this stuff, like, you talk about scrolling on Twitter and seeing all these horrifying images of, like, burned bodies and... A guy with a white flag being shot by the IDF and shit. Yeah. Part of the anger there, I think, like, yes, we need to be angry at the IDF, at Israel's government for the decisions they're making, um, but also like all of the politicians, and you already touched on this a little bit, but the politicians in every other country, all the places we are, the politicians in Canada, politicians especially in the United States who have a lot of power to actually do something about this, not doing anything and being completely ineffective 
advocates for like you know the united states canada like these western countries that claim to have such as huge moral high ground on human rights and like oh we're so concerned about human rights abuses in this country or like human rights abuses in that country not doing fucking like anything about this situation and like yeah so it, it creates a situation where all these other human rights abuses around the world there's always going to be like, well, what about Israel, Palestine? There's no clarity on that. Like it's, it not just impacts what the situation in Palestine, it impacts global human rights because there's no person in the room who yeah. isn't fucking blood soaked with Palestine right now who claims to care about this stuff. What's the point of trying to even have these international standards if you're not going to hold people to it? And like, I understand the United States doesn't want to hold people to it because then they'll have to answer for their human rights abuses in Afghanistan and Iraq and Yemen. Yemen. Yeah, currently. Yeah, fuck. Yemen and before too. All around the world. But like the ineffectiveness of our governments to respond to situations like this. Uh, but there is like horrifying. But they're also like ineffective at responding to like everything. Our current political system is extremely ineffective at dealing with like some of the most awful problems that exist not just around the world but like right here at home we talked about homelessness already a little bit we've talked about trans issues like i saw today like in ohio they passed a ban on gender affirming care and then the governor vetoed it but not because he wanted to completely stop he wanted to like change one part of it but then the ohio senate or house or whatever uh vetoed the veto so now it's passed and now trans people in ohio who want to stay on their medicine have to like figure out how to either get it illegally or how to like flee the state to another state it's like I think the current bill only applies to kids under 18, but people involved in passing that legislation said they want to go after trans health care for adults, too. Could you imagine like living in this place where like all of a sudden your medicine is going to be taken away and you have to literally leave the state because like the government wants to like prevent you from like accessing hormones, like human hormones that your body needs yeah. to like keep existing. They want to force you to start taking other hormones. Like you've been on estrogen, you're a trans woman, you've been on estrogen for years now and they want to like force you to stop and force you to start taking testosterone. It's like, you just imagine like how horrifying that is. Like imagine if they took a cis man and forced him to start taking estrogen. Like that's what Joe Biden's planning. <laughs> it's what the conservatives are all scared of, I guess. But like, it's like, I think some people have like a failure of like imagination of like how horrifying it is to be a trans person and have your health care taken away. But like, imagine you're forced onto the hormones that you don't want to be on. Like, I don't want to be like forcibly injected with estrogen. I'm perfectly happy with the hormones I have now. It's horrifying. Or like putting people in jail for going into the bathroom. It's like there's hundreds of these laws being passed in the United States right now targeting trans people, not just trans kids and like preventing them from learning who they are, preventing them from getting the health care they need, but trans adults where they're like, no, like, yeah, I know that like you're a trans man. You've been on testosterone for years. You've literally just like every single person who sees you is like, you look like a man. You have to go into the women's washroom or you're going to be arrested is the law now. The lack of responsiveness that our political system has to like horrifying injustices like this is a systemic issue that like touches on like so many of these issues. 
Yeah, no, it's incredibly fucked up. And like the whole system, it's systemically corrupt in all these weird, subtle ways that are about like self-preservation and party alliances and stuff like that. And like there is just systemic lack of response in places where there needs to be a response. And there is a huge like policy industrial complex that is funded and run globally by private industry for their own benefit and at the expense of the benefit of citizens like regular people like there's there's so many layers to this corruption thing one of the like the this subtle corrupt it's not the corruption of like ha 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 i'll take this bag of money but it's corrupt and like i go to work and i don't have any switch to flip that stops homelessness because of xyz complex reason or whatever even though everyone would love to fucking house the homeless and like no one likes walking to work and being like oh there's people who are like unwell around me who are like in need and i can't help them i couldn't possibly help them that is unpleasant for everyone and there is no political will to fix that because it's complicated and there's all these limitations there's limitations to people's power sometimes there's also limitations to people's conception of their own power based on the complexity of the system that led them to the place where they're in power in the first place i want to talk a little bit more about that in a second but one of the things that you said i think it just you're talking about people having to leave ohio to keep taking their hormones and to to not be force masculinized or force feminized by the state yeah this there's this petty it's it's petty in the sense that the discourse pisses me off but i think people again have this weird failure of imagination and not realizing what a radical proposal it is to tell people to just leave something like whether it's to just leave Gaza or it's to just leave your state because of the lack of trans affirming care and stuff. We're talking about the places where people grew up, where people's experiences are, where they have family and friends, places where they had their first kiss, the place where their families are buried in the cemeteries. Like this is the place, this is the context that people are connected to and they're intertwined with. And when you rip someone from that kind of context, now it's minor from being having your head exploded. It's minor compared to being force feminized. Uh, but, I mean, but it's a huge fucking deal. If people like people have the right to choose whether they want to stay or go without being threatened by the state or being threatened by the by some opposing military and stuff. Like this is a real genuine injustice. And I think a lot of people, these like dipshits who make these awful, awful arguments online that make me grip my teeth, act like just moving somewhere else to find more affordable housing or whatever is just like, well, just move somewhere else. Like it's nothing. It's just like the same as scratching your nose. No, it's not fucking the same as scratching my nose. I am connected to this place. A new massive survey of like 90,000 trans people, I think, just came out and it found that uh, 47% were considering needing to flee the state that they live in because of these crackdowns on trans rights and 5% already had. And this is in the United States. The bathroom thing, too, is like people are like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a bathroom. It's a, but like, imagine like having to decide you're out in public. You have to use the bathroom. You're like, oh, am I going to risk fucking going to jail to use the bathroom right now? Like, there's no good option. Like, if you're someone who presents as one gender and like, yeah, you could probably just use the bathroom and nobody's even going to fucking notice because trans people have been using the bathrooms that they should be using for decades and decades. And like, nobody cared about it until people made a big fucking political bugaboo about it. But if you do that, 
you literally risk going to jail. But if you use the bathroom that you're legally required to go into, then everyone's going to be like, where the fuck are you in this bathroom? You look where you're going to be getting looks. Even if nobody says anything, they're going to be like, why is there a dude in the woman's washroom? Like this person has a beard. They just like, must be one of those dudes that identifies as a lady who's here to (laughs) molest me. Yeah. It's like, no, it's a fucking like trans man who's being forced into the women's washroom because of weird fucking laws that, it's like, yeah, you can be like, oh, it's not a big deal or it's just a bathroom. Or something. But it is a fucking big deal. Like, I don't know. I've never had to worry about being thrown in jail for using the bathroom. And like, honestly, it's how it should be for everybody. Like, it's like, it was, the fuck are you thinking? Like, And prisons are themselves, even if you're being sent to prison for a quote unquote good reason, prisons are evil institutions in themselves. They yeah. People have been... Kropotkin called prisons the nursery of crime in like the 1800s. Like we've known for a long fucking time that prisons do not help very much at all. Now, we've got an episode about prison abolition. You can check out episode 199 where we go in detail about this. But the thought of sending fucking vulnerable people to prison for the crime of using a bathroom, like politely using a bathroom, washing their hands and not talking to anyone. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Prisons, like, even thinking about prisons at all makes me, like, so fucking angry that even, like, a lot of people on the left are pro-prison. And it's just so, like, prisons are torture chambers. And torture is wrong. And people are like, oh, don't you care about, like, keeping people safe and we have to do something about criminals? And, like, yeah, that's why I'm against prisons. I'm against prisons because I want to keep people safe. And prisons don't actually help make society safer because they don't actually rehabilitate people to not commit crimes anymore. They don't reduce recidivism rates. They don't help people integrate back into society in a way that's actually beneficial to them and just leaves them stranded, tortured and stranded in a system that disregarded them before and disregards them even more strongly now with like no other option to just like keep doing illegal shit. Sometimes people are a danger to society and maybe they need to be kept somewhere so they aren't able to hurt anyone and maybe they need to be, you know, but like- Psychopathic serial killers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you catch Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm not saying we should just like let Jeffrey Dahmer stay on the loose all the time and like, oh, he keeps killing people, but prisons are evil. So, But like, there's literally no reason for the place where we keep Jeffrey Dahmer to be this horrifying institution of like torturing him by deprivation. Like, and we're gonna make his fucking cellmate a fucking trans woman who politely went to the washroom and washed her hands. Yeah. But the political situation should really make us angry. I want to try to explain what I've observed about the political system from my interventions, activism, participation in elections, and so on. Elections are a corrupting force. I don't saying they need to be abolished fully, but as they currently exist, they're absolutely unhinged. Politicians are always worried about staying elected, especially staying elected long enough to get their pensions, because if you stay elected, this is how it works in Canada, I assume it's very similar other places. Generally in Canada, it's like you need to be elected for five, you need to be reelected once or twice, depending on the level of government, and then you'll get a free paycheck for life forever until you die. So there's like a huge incentive to make sure that you're elected that minimum amount of times for whatever level you're at. Right. And then you're part of a party system and the party system has, you know, the internal whip and they tend to move 
unlike the United States, they all move with one voice at the same time, 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time. So you have this internal threat of the party whip, the chief of staff of the government or the, the head of government that's forcing you into a narrow box to move along with everyone. And basically, you might get a chance to say your objections if you have them, but pretty quickly, you're going to learn that there's basically no point. And also, you're going to learn that doing things right and doing things for the right reasons at the right times is going to cost you time, energy, and stress. And just phoning it in is going to have the exact same result of the ballot box. For example, here in BC, we have the Social Democratic Party and we have the Conservative Party. Uh, which used to be called the Liberals, is now called BC United, and the Social Democratic Party is called the BC NDP. The BC NDP offices, now, because people tend to be, you know, it's not universal, but they tend to be more kind of compassionate and, you know, social democrat like they want to do things for the right reasons and stuff, even though they don't actually always do that in practice. So someone comes to your office and they're like, I need help. And so they, they work as hard as they can to help them within the limits of the system. They devote a lot of staff hours to helping them and stuff like that. But if you go to the conservative party's office and you're like, I need help, then they'll just ignore your email, not return your calls, ignore what you said. Unless, of course, you're like a property owner who's complaining that taxes are too high or saying that climate change isn't real or whatever, then they'll call you back. The laws are so unfair to landlords. It makes it so hard to raise rent. And then, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's get right on that. Yeah. Can we quote you on this in the legislature? So I'm not saying that to like lionize the social Democrats, but I think there's a general principle there that is worth getting angry about, which is that the more you try to do things for the right reasons under this current political system, under representative democracy, under these money run elections, implementing laws that are typically written by industry aligned lobbyists. And that's like a universal thing around the world right now. Under this current system, the more you try to do the right thing, the more you'll pay for it, the less you'll be rewarded for it. And the more you phone it in, the more that you're a mindless slave to the chief of staff, the more that you're a mindless slave to the lobbyists, the better you're going to be. The more John Fetterman now you are, the better for you. And the more John Fetterman when he's in campaigning, you are the worst. Right. Yeah. It's a system that like rewards people being spineless, middle of the road, go with the flow, bullshit artists who will like, you know, maybe pay lip service to doing some things if it's beneficial. Uh, and then like literally not push for anything ever because it's like the path of least resistance. And the path of least resistance is like the path to that paycheck for life or like getting reelected again. And like, there's a lot of like, really like, uh, what's the opposite of a virtuous cycle, a, a vicious cycle where things keep getting worse, where it's like, we need to vote for Joe Biden because Joe Biden is better than Donald Trump. Yeah, fair enough. Joe Biden is better than Donald Trump. Uh, but as a, people point out all the time, if we just keep voting for Joe Biden, no matter what, Joe Biden has no fucking incentive to do anything better than what he's currently doing, which is shit. And like, do I really want to throw my vote behind shit? Like, I don't want to vote for shit just because there's other worse shit. The whole system of representative democracy is like forcing you to vote for shit because it's slightly better than some other shit because anyone who's not shit is like systematically excluded from ever getting far enough into the process that somebody could legitimately vote for them and that vote would have a chance of putting them into office. 
Yeah, so they do everything they can to filter out the people who have like a sense of backbone and a sense of decency on the way up. And then if, if inshallah, one makes it through still, they'll do everything they can to chip away at them while they're in power and make sure that they're divided, wasting their time on side shit and that they're not fucking making a ruckus until you can get them their pension, get them out the door, and they can write a book. Right. And they can invest in the stock market and become millionaires with non-insider information. Wink. <laughs> And so, yeah, there's a lot of places that this connects this inherent systemic corruption of the political system that goes beyond any individual actor, but is structural to representative democracy under capitalism. And one of the places that this really impacts is climate. Like 2023 is the hottest year on record. 350 parts per million of carbon dioxide is considered sort of the safe upper limit without serious action. We passed that in 1990, which was, we passed that shortly before I was born. And now I'm an adult ass man with a child who's balding. (laughs) If that gives you an idea how long this is taking. We're now at 421, 419 territory parts per million carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. I mean, we're going through like, yeah, you said it's the hottest year on record. We have all this like wild weather shit happening. We had this like cold snap that hit like all of North America, at least, and maybe more parts of the world. I'm not really sure. Uh, But like the oil refinery thing you're just talking about like in their statement they're talking about the reason that it happened was something happened with the cold snap and it was so cold and then there was a yeah. thing that broke down so it's like also just directly related to climate change not just because part the refinery being part of the oil and gas industry but because the actual incident itself happened because of a weather event that is related to these broader trends in climate that are just like not normal, that like our infrastructure isn't built to deal with them. Uh, I talked before about how the building that I'm in has like this heating system that just heats the whole building. And like, I constantly am heating the outside because I keep my window open. The other thing with this heating system is that it's not meant to deal with it being like minus 10 in Vancouver. So when it is minus 10 in Vancouver, if I don't turn on a space heater in my bedroom, it's like probably illegally cold in here. I'm not really sure what the law is. I I think you have to be able to keep the temperature inside at a certain level. Uh, And I haven't actually measured what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's illegally cold in my bedroom when it's minus 10 outside because it's just, I have to buy a space heater and like put it in like these, it's kind of a petty thing. It's not a huge deal that I have to use a space heater. But I mean, even pushing even more petty, like, you know, we're people of fairly modest income. When you buy a space heater, you're not going to buy the fucking all bells and whistles last a long time model. You're going to buy one that's going to last you a few seasons to use a few times and then it's going to break down. It's going to be added to the fucking dump. And there's no regulations to like make sure that shit like that is utilized. So it's just creating more garbage too. like all these unvirtuous cycles pile on top of each other in a way where like the worsening climate crisis is worsened further by addressing the worsening climate crisis. Right. Everybody rushes out to buy the cheapest air conditioner they can, because in Vancouver, you probably only need an air conditioner for like every time we have a heat wave in the summer now, like you really need it. But other than that, it's probably fine. So then like we have to produce all these extra air conditioners that break down quickly, uses a lot of carbon and energy to produce all these air conditioners. So that just contributes to the problem of climate change. It's making it worse. Yeah. It's another one of those vicious cycles. And was, I can't remember. I think it was the last year, the year before last, we had that heat wave in Vancouver. I think it was some insane amount of people died. It was like 80 people died from this heat wave. Right. Yeah. I had it in my head as like 100 or a couple hundred or something. Yeah. yeah something like, like that. Yeah. It's crazy how much stuff is happening. Like I don't, 
I can't store the exact data on how many human beings were killed by the most recent big heat wave, but trust me, it was sufficient to be upset. Yeah. No, this keeps happening. Like there was like either like the heat wave or cold snap in Texas recently. There was like a bunch of people that died because the grid wasn't prepared to deal with it. Or yeah, the, yeah, the cold. The, yeah, they had like a crazy blizzard and like people's houses were collapsing and stuff like that, right. and the, the grid wasn't ready for it. Um, and then recently with our cold snap here too, I can't remember the numbers, but I I read somewhere the amount of people who died were like confirmed to have died from the cold when it dropped really suddenly. Right. Because you know, and we also have this homelessness crisis. So like, and the thing is, is like de facto, what's happening from this corruption in the political system, this overlapping homelessness crisis, this overlapping climate crisis, and the unwillingness to act on both those things in any serious way, is that the de facto strategy of the state is to cross your fingers that the homeless people die as quickly as possible. Like, I was thinking about this recently, and I was getting really upset about it. I realized I should have been getting really angry about it. Because if you don't help people and you tell them just to go back out on the street and there's no shelter beds for them and harsh weather comes and they die, your policy is for them to die. It's it's basically the same as they come to your office and ask for help and you fucking shoot them in the face. It's only a few degrees different. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, especially like, yeah, there's so many things of policy that are basically like that. But like, if you've just been like confiscating all their materials in another sweep of a homeless encampment. Uh, maybe they had a really nice blanket and like a jacket and things that they weren't wearing that day because it was warm. Uh, but like you stole their shit and now they can't survive the cold. Right. Yeah. No, if you store your stuff in a tent at the park with other tents, then the police have the legal right to steal and destroy everything you own, including your ID and so on, without sufficient notice, pretty much by definition. And that's why advocates for the homeless get really angry about this sweep shit and that anger moves them to action. And yeah, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about here. Yeah, there's a lot of things to get angry about. You know, if, if you want a little bit of hope, go to our Library Socialism Trilogy and our transition Q&As. We talk about a better world and how we think we can get there. But today's not that day. Today's the day to get angry for the year of anger. I have seen firsthand the power that political anger can bring very recently in an unexpected way. And I just want to spread the good word about that. Now, I know the people listening to this are good hearted people and they are people who probably in general tend away from anger. But I just ask yourself the question, do you know what needs to be done on something? Now, not everything, obviously, but on something, something important, maybe something we talked about today, maybe something we didn't talk about. Is there something important that you know needs to be done? And if you feel any sense of sadness or helplessness about that, try to pull instead on the angry current. It's energizing. It raises your blood pressure and it gives you a burst of energy. Pull on that anger instead and then use that anger to make a decisive action in that direction and see where it takes you. 2024 is the year of anger. We say that as a joke, but I'm being serious right now. I really think there's something to it. I feel like I've received a... Uh, a, a, a vision of this utopian anger's necessariness in a way that's become more vivid to me over the last week. And I want to share that with you, our wonderful listeners, because I know that you will use this power for good and I trust you. Part of what makes utopianism an effective political strategy is that when you're imagining the way the world could be better and comparing it to the world that is now and that gap and the desire to close that gap is a motivating force. But like, 
a big part of that desire to close that gap, it can be like, oh, it would be so nice to be in this other, or like this whole, just like imagining like something beautiful. And that can be motivating. But also like, why the fuck aren't we moving towards a better society? Why the fuck are we continuing to make excuses for the bombing of innocent people or to make excuses for homeless people freezing to death in the street or make excuses for the oil and gas industry to continue pumping carbon into the atmosphere when we know that it's killing people and causing the weather to go crazy. The gap between what is and what could be is bridged by action. And as you're saying, anger is an extremely potent motivator to action. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we love you guys in the way that is most appropriate for a podcast host to listen to love an audience, uh, which is yeah, sort of vague, something deepest, love. Yeah. It's like spread out. And, and for everything I see, uh, all the emails we get, all the feedback we get, all the conversations we have, like genuinely as a group, I'd say there's, there's no group that I would rather bring on the lifeboat of a sinking ship with me than seriously wrong listeners. Like you guys are awesome to generalize maybe there's some a few freaks among you. <laughs> maybe there's a few serial killers among you too who knows i can only guess and i don't support that kind of thing so do your in, inner work but just saying getting that out of the way and also thank you so much to our patrons our listeners and stuff as usual but i just want to try to agitate you a little bit for getting that righteous anger and what i'm going to say i think is true but it's going to be directed towards trying to agitate our system is set up on the command of the above by the below, and this happens everywhere. And implicit in that sort of structure is the idea that the people who are below matter less. The people who are listening to the show are almost universally or universally considered below by the people who are at the top. And that applies in the world of business, in the world of the workplace, in the world of politics. The same logic applies in all these places where the above command the below and the below are considered less than human. Your boss, they might be nice, but the structure of the system, the structure of bosshood degrades you, degrades all of us, degrades our neighbors, degrades our children, degrades our cousins, our family members, even our mom and our dad. It degrades all of us. Our political system degrades us. Try writing a politician and see what kind of response you get. You know, before we set up this letter writing campaign, I actually wrote my MLA personally. I still have not heard back from my MLA, who is a progressive social Democrat, about this issue. So after not getting a response, pretty shortly after, I have to admit. Uh, we set up a letter writing campaign. We set up two letter writing campaigns between us and our friends at 350 Canada, and we sent over 2,000 letters to a number of politicians. But part of the reason that was necessary is because you can't just email your politician, have them listen to a good idea or recognize the importance of something. I'll be lucky if I get a response at all. The last time I wrote, I got nothing. But what does that say about the system's view of me as a political agent that I can write my local politician, a progressive social Democrat, multiple times in nice emails, non-cruel emails, not shitting on them, just providing context, providing concepts and ideas coming from, you know, the most positive place possible and a most progressive collaborative spirit possible that I haven't even heard back from him from the first time that I emailed him, you know, a year plus ago. Politically, structurally, the entire system in the private world, in the political world, it is showing contempt for us and the people we love. It's structurally contemptuous of us. And that needs to make us angry, is if we're not angry, we won't have the decisiveness to take the actions that are required to transition and make a better society. 
Murray Bookchin said that the ecological crisis is a social crisis, and he emphasized that the anarchist critique of hierarchy and the Marxist critique of class, when combined with ecology, could create a sort of new theoretical framework for understanding how these things intersect with each other. And I found that framework very enlightening. This hierarchical idea of above and below worth more and less, it applies just the same when our politicians ignore us, when we don't have a say in our workplace, and when a country does a campaign of genocide against its neighbors. The same logic undergirds all of those things. So I just want to give you the bad news, and it's probably just a reminder. They fucking hate us, and they want nothing more than us to not talk. We do not get a say in the world. Structurally, we do not get a say in the world. Any say we get in the world, we have to fight tooth and claw for. And we're not going to fight tooth and claw unless we get angry first. So thank you, everyone. Please try getting angry this year. It's time to really start moving this fucking world. Like, it's time to get angry.